The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show, brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, the Pirates fail on 4th down. Tulane's got it, going to run out the clock. And knock off East Carolina 24-9 to today. The score down in New Orleans. Huge game. Pirates, are they contenders in the AAC? If they are, they go out, win on the road at Tulane. The answer is no. They are not. They lay an egg today at uh, Yulman Stadium at Billy Weaver to my left. And uh, disappointing effort from the Pirates today. Yeah, disappointing in seeing so many uh, mistakes uh, with the penalties. Um, turnovers. Mi- turnovers, missed opportunities. Special uh, teams. And, and, and once we come back after the break, we'll kind of break down the point swing. I mean, there's there's no reason East Carolina couldn't be right in this game or even, uh, even with Tulane right now. Uh, looks like ECU is going to use their timeouts, but it's going to be all for naught. 317-1250, we are taking your calls. We're back on the U.S. Sailor 5th Quarter Call-In Show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, the number on the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. ECU used their timeouts. And got the ball back, so they do have the ball, but they're down two scores with a minute left to go as they are uh, trying to move it down the field. And, hey, if they do come back and win, we'll be live talking about it, and it'll be a miracle. And we can say we were on the air. You'll hear a lot of yelling and screaming, that's uh, for sure. 24-9. to 9, Excitement, that is. Tulane up, uh, no timeouts for the Pirates. As, uh, man, just a uh, rough performance today when they needed to have a great performance against a uh, two-lane team, and we'll talk about it all. But uh, we got lines locked and loaded, so we'll go ahead and get to the calls. David, Jeff, B-Pays, hang on. Uh, we'll start the program with John in Buckrow Beach. Hey, John. Number one caller. You got to love it. <laughs> what you got for us? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be cool and calm here, kind of like our offense is. Uh, first off, I think we all realize we are not going to a bowl game this year. I think everyone would agree with me on that. Uh, we have played, with the exception of NC State, which apparently is the only team we prepared for for the last eleven months. Uh, we've played the weakest part of the schedule. Everybody we've got on the list is, is, uh, more, you know, better than Tulane, ODU, and by all means, the Campbell University of North Carolina. Um, if, you know, we've got a 12th year senior quarterback, we've got the fastest running back in the world. Great receivers. How come we can't score touchdowns is is a uh, way beyond me. So, um, and I'm probably going to be the first one to say this, but you know our boy Houston. Everybody loves him. He's a great coach. 
There's only 114 D1 coaches in the country. He's got a big hat to hang that he has hung on winning his national championship at 1AA JMU. But maybe he's not cut out for a D1 coach. You know, um, there, there's, there's a problem here. There, there's, there's a problem here. I know that, you know, when, when you come out, when you replace someone like Mo, I could replace Mo. Um, my dog could replace Mo, but, uh, you know, maybe we don't have what we thought we were going to have with Houston. If he's, if he's not able to see the potential on the offensive side and stick to his, I'm going to say ego, uh, you know, that game plan worked in Harrisonburg. It doesn't work in Greenville, nor does it work in D1 football. All right, John. Thanks for the call. Outside of that, it's a beautiful day. Lovely day, no doubt. (laughs) All right, John with a lot of thoughts there. 317-1250. We'll uh, give our thoughts at some point, but we want to get to all these callers. I know we're going to be locked and loaded uh, for hours here tonight. So let's get to them uh, and enjoy some Parker's Barbecue and have us a show here on the fifth quarter. B. Pays is up next in Raleigh. Hey, Pays. Hey, so I, I, I listened to I listened to that guy. You know, he had a lot of my thoughts too. When do we have the conversation that might might just be an average coach? Uh, I mean, you can have it whenever you want. Do you want to have it now? I mean, what what, what do you mean? I mean what? <laughs> well, what I'm what I'm saying is, if if he is that if he is the average coach, is that good enough for East Carolina? Is, yeah, I'm not talking about firing Mike Houston right no, now. No, I, I think no. that's yeah. and I hope you aren't either, Pace. Like you're gonna fire him tonight? No, no. Yeah, I mean, I just I mean my my, my conversation is is this is, is this is what we're gonna have with him? If this is just how it's going to be, then we're just gonna have to accept. Except that's what it is because John, like you said, John Gilbert's not going to fire Mike Houston. That's just that's not going to that's not going to happen. But we have a fifth-year senior quarterback that's still making first-year mistakes. We have an offensive coordinator that I've heard Donnie Kirkpatrick in these press conferences say, "That's on me. I haven't taught him well enough not to make these mistakes." You're going to hear the same quote on Tuesday in his press conference. He's going to say the same things. Now, Tulane has a great defense, but you just don't make those plays that were made today. When you have Ryan Jones wide open, you're forcing the ball. You just don't do that. And this is not holds a great kid, and he's a you know I think he's a good quarterback. But you cannot continue to make those plays and and, and be successful, be a successful team. I will say this, and I'll leave it at that. Mike Houston. It has not beaten anybody in his tenure. He doesn't have a big win. We can go back and look at the teams that he has beaten and their records, and I promise you, in a four-year period, I bet you those teams have losing records, and I'll leave it at that. Well, Pays, I got a text earlier this week. Let me read it again. This was on, like, Thursday, and it said – it's from a friend of mine. Uh, he said, as we get ready for tomorrow's game, I would like to help putting this football pram- program into perspective. During the Mike Houston era, we have 17 wins. Much improved over Scotty Moe, yes. But when you dive into the numbers, it tells the real story. Only two 
Yes, two of those wins are against teams that finished the season with a winning record. He says SMU and Marshall, 7-5. and five. He said eight of the remaining wins, and he says not knowing how the, the three wins end up this season, were against teams with three wins or less on the year. He said the major reason we have won more games than uh, than Mo is discipline, which was lacking today. Right. That's the that's what lost that game today. And he said, however, this program has a long ways to go. Uh, so he uh, that kind of echoes what you were saying that East Carolina has not, you know, showed up against good teams and won games thus far. And it's so. about being. It's just it's, it's just about being. It's, it's it's just about being. You know, and I think Coach Houston can coach football. I don't think there's no question about that. But there's a point at where you're where you're being too damn stubborn if you continue to have holding issues on the on the kicking team i don't you know daffer's going to be what daffer is you can't find kickers like that i get it but you 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 continue to have issues there you've got a special teams coach i think that's coaching other things and the, the excuses at some point are going to have to stop and you can be stuck hey I'm, all three of us on this call right here are married. At some point, our wife is going to get pissed off if we continue to do the same thing and we're stubborn about it. And if we don't make a change, then we're probably going to be in a divorce situation. All right. That, and that's and we're going to keep taking these calls every Saturday. All right, Pace. See you, man. All right. Take care, guys. Be Thanks, Pace man. and Raleigh. 317-1250. Jeff is up next in Louisiana. Hey, Jeff. Hey, fellas, I didn't actually get to make this game like I wanted to, even though I'm right down the street, couldn't find a babysitter. But you know what? I'm kind of glad I didn't. Um, I swear, I, just, I feel like we see two pirate teams, and it's either we're going to see, you know, the one we saw against, you know, NC State most of the game or the first half against South Florida, or we're going to see, you know, that, that second team that's, you know, the remainder of those times. And it's just, it's it's just hard. It's just it's it's hard to get excited when you when you know that that team that you don't want to see comes out and takes the field like they did today. Um, I every time every time uh, Owen lined up for you know an extra point or a field goal, my stomach dropped, and for a good reason because of that one, another one uh, he missed. And I just I just see a lot of a lot of stupid penalties. I feel like we helped we helped uh, Tulane score a lot of their points today um took a lot of our own off the board um but i mean you know discipline fundamentals if you don't have them it makes it extremely hard to win and when you have to kind of run the catch up at the second half of the game you know holton doesn't make the best decisions because i know he's trying to you know get it all back at once uh i'm not ready to fire uh, mike houston just yet um, but I would like to see a more consistent team. Uh, you know, I want to see the same team take the field every week. And I just don't feel like I've seen that here lately. But uh, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, thanks, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff made some um, some excellent points as far as uh, East Carolina gave up too many points and Tulane uh, – uh, they didn't take advantage of points, left points off the board, and they gave up too many points. So let's, can you do me a favor and write this down when I when I tell them to you? All right. The unsportsmanlike uh, – or maybe there was a t- touchdown call back for an ineligible man downfield. So East Carolina had a touchdown taken off the board. They end up with three. So that's four points right there. 
Uh, unsportsmanlike penalty on Xavier Smith at the goal line would have been fourth down for Tulane. Instead, first and goal ends up a touchdown. So now we're a potential. That's another four points. So that's an eight-point swing. So Tulane more. That's Tulane. Four points. You're, you got it, man. You got it. Owen Daffer missed the extra point. So that's minus one for ECU. Uh, ECU defensive holding near the goal line gave Tulane a first and goal on the half-yard line. Tulane scores, touchdown on next play. Possibly another four-point swing. Penalties were just killing East Carolina. Uh, So then, of course, there was the interception in the end zone, which is possibly minus seven for ECU, give or take. At least minus three. At least minus three. What do you say? So any minus uh, three? Five and a half? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Minus five. Let's say five. Let's say five. But then Tulane, it took them two plays to score on the other end. In, they yeah. scored seven, so that's plus seven for Tulane. Okay, so add those up right there. <laughs> did if you, you would? Did me. you mention the miss field, uh, the block field goal? Oh no, no, no! At the end of the All half, right, there good. you go. That's another three. So ECU's at negative thirteen. Yep, minus thirteen, and they are at plus eight plus fifteen. Fifteen. So what was the final score? Uh, who cares? 20, Twenty-four no, to 24 nine. nine. So yeah. listen, I want I, just for just entertain me. Yeah. So so add add uh, thirteen to nine for ECU. That's going to give me twenty-two. Okay, and subtract fifteen from twenty-four. Hey, now they have nine. Right. All right. So, well, yeah. East Carolina. If you look at my numbers, <laughs> East Carolina should have won twenty-two to Billy's nine. Billy's numbers. Boom. This I'm has done. been Billy's here. numbers. Who wants to sponsor this segment? Because I like here. this. We need to do this every game. Oh man. If anybody wants stuff. to argue with me, there's the numbers right nah, there. The numbers don't lie. Try to sell like an accountant or something. Yeah. yeah. I even put my glasses on too. Billy's numbers. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. David is up at next in Greenville. Hey, David. Hello, gentlemen. How we doing tonight? All right. You know what? I'm not even mad. I'm gonna be honest. It's 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 uh it's uh, def- uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's um disappointing for sure. Um, but I hope people got their bingo cards ready because there's already been a lot of stuff said. That's all I know. Uh, let's talk about the offense. How about some dumpster water? Oh man, what? Is, I'm sorry, dumpster juice. What in the world is going on there? Um. Need to take a good look at Donnie this week and uh, see what's going on. It's pretty evident uh, the offense was uh, stuck in uh, neutral for a lot of the time. Um, and I understand that Tulane's got a good defense, but come on now. It doesn't help. And I hope the coaches watch this uh, air because the commentators were dead on almost the majority of the time. And it's kind of like if the commentators can see that, and I know they get paid to see that, but I guarantee a lot of us – um, armchair quarterbacks at home are saying the exact same thing the commentators are saying. So uh, it's just kind of uh, deflating to watch it. Um, I was really surprised about the defensive penalties today. Uh, I did not expect Xavier to act like that. Um, that's kind of unbecoming of him. Uh, that's really sh- shocking in my opinion. Uh, CJ kind of hot-headed most of the game. I know you want to stand up for your guys and all, but uh, I mean, where was he at today? Um, anyways, Love the show. I uh, hope all the fans got their bingo cards ready, and uh, I'll listen and uh, go Pirates. Yeah, this didn't look like a, uh, a Mike Houston team that, had, you know, with he, him at the helm for years and a fifth-year starting quarterback right. and a senior-laden team yeah. with all the mistakes, penalties, uh, just one you can't do if you're Xavier Smith. That that was uh, Billy's numbers show that. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. This was uh, – 
uncharacteristic of a veteran football team and uh mike houston's going to be disgusted by this one i would think i'm we'll see yeah. what he says post game but he's uh he, he's got to be pissed off after this performance today and remember i said this during the the pregame show is that in a game like this when it's a pick em game or one team's favored by two or three or the point you know when you're in, when you know you're going to be in a tight game, you cannot make mistakes. You can't turn the football all over, and that's exactly what East Carolina did today. They went into Tulane, made way too many mistakes, turned the ball over too many times, didn't get takeaways, and you know that's just a recipe for disaster. 317-1250, Kenny, Ethan, Cameron, hang on. JK, you are up next, and I'm not JKing. Thanks to Parker's Barbecue, three locations in Greenville to serve you. I uh, munched on the chicken, green beans, and mac and cheese already. And, uh, man, they hooked us up with some awesome food. Check out Parker's for your uh, football food, family food, awesome stuff, and they ship nationwide, parkersbbq.com. Back with your calls, U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All righty, 317-1250 Pit Electric Live Line. You're tuned into the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show, East Carolina. A loser, a stinker today in New Orleans. Sir. 24-9, the final score. All right, we got lines locked and loaded. We got Kenny, Ethan, Cameron hanging on. Let's go to J.K., who is in Pinehurst. Hello, J.K. What's up, Clint? How's it going? What's up? Been doing better. I just want to say uh, awful performance. I had I got done playing golf right when the game started. I should have played another 18 because I wasted my time today watching that awful performance. I need to fire Donnie Kirkpatrick. It's just awful. It's been too long. We win a game. We lose a game. We look bad. And I'm about done with it. I want to give a shout out to the Elm City or the Elm Street tailgate crew and Go Braves. Met suck. All right, good call, especially at the end there. Yeah, I B- like it. Billy wasn't paying attention. I was paying attention. The, the Elm Street, uh, yeah, tailgate. And then what he say? Oh, I missed the last part. <laughs> I, was, I was reading something. What did he say at the end? Go Braves. He said, Go Braves, Mets suck. Mets And suck. he was like, I hear that yeah. That guy seriously tuned that out? <laughs> yeah. That was auto-tuned. That's the real auto-tuned. Do you not hear any negative Mets talk no. coming to your ears? No. That was weird. No. Because you heard the other part. I did. You just totally missed that part. I was I was reading I was reading one of the um, <laughs> Twitters. You know, because, of course, I wanted to see what people are saying on Twitter. Do you, though? That's usually, yeah, because that's fun. It's very entertaining. Yeah. It's a lot like this show. It's very entertaining. Um, so, yeah, I was reading that. I did hear the Elm Street thing, and I didn't hear the last part. So, uh, I guess that's just my um, my subconscious brain yeah. blocking it you out. You don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear You don't want to face the reality. I know, right? All right, Cameron's up next in Greenville. Hey, Cameron. Clint, I'm disgusted, man. No, I'm it, it, when this season's over, they might as well put a little title on it called it shoulda, coulda, and woulda because missed chances to win games, and then we lay a stinker like that today. I'm just disappointed. I, I'm not going to talk much about the game. I'm going to talk more about the coaching staff. The special teams coach needs to be fired. Um, we are wasting two scholarships on Luke Larson, who can't hold a field goal kick and can't punt it over 35 yards. Like, that's just a wasted scholarship on him. 
uh, another wasted scholarship on Owen Dapper. I mean, I'll, Owen Dapper's a nice kid, but come on. I mean, you can't keep missing extra points. And I know some of them are bad holes, but, I mean, come on. Uh, there's time for a change, and it is what it is. But uh, I'm I'm just sad for our fan base. Our fan base deserves more. I mean, Tulane is 5-1, and one, and they're playing in a stadium in a big-time game, and they can barely get 7,000 people in that high school-sized stadium. I mean, and here we are. We have one of the best fan bases in the non-Power 5, in the group of five, and we just get inconsistent play all the time. Our fan base deserves better. It's tough to see year in and year out ever since Ruff and McNeil left. I mean, it's just brutal, guys. And I mean, how how can we not have a better program than Tulane? I know maybe historically, but, I mean, come on. It's just dis- disheartening to see. Um, lastly, uh, Holt Naylor's. I'm done defending Holt Naylor's, man. I can't wait till he's out of the program. Uh, you can't, you're a fifth-year quarterback. You can't make those brutal, awful mistakes. I mean, it happens every year with Holton. You know, he has one great game. Another game, he plays a stinker or makes a brutal mistake that costs us the game. I mean, Holton, good luck in your future career as a T-shirt salesman. Uh, we may lose the next – we're not going to be favored in probably any other game the rest of the season apart from the Temple game, so – um, I'll be happy if we get to six wins. Uh, it's not. It's going to be tough, but we'll see. And uh, go Pirates! All right, there is Cameron in Greenville. All right, let me ask this question: Does six wins make it all better? All no, but a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, if they go to a bowl, I my prediction preseason was seven and five. Right, right. Um, six and six, go to a bowl again. Yeah, I think you keep a little momentum going, like as far as the program goes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, five too. And I, six, if you don't go to a bowl this year, is a major disappointment. Right, right. I mean, it's such so you a gotta thin get the line. Six. It's yeah. such a thin line on what you and most of and me and most of Pirate Nation considers a successful season. It really is. It's such a thin line, and right now you're starting to you're starting to get really close to that line. Yeah. It's uh, becoming, you know, must-win time every week, and next week against Memphis is one of those. First caller said, I think we can all agree ECU's not going to a bowl game. Right. I, I don't, disagree. I disagree with that as well. Because Temple, I, and you got to win next week against Memphis, right. and then hope you can get one of the other ones, yeah. basically. Yeah. And now, you know what? Cincinnati showed they're vulnerable today. Well, everybody on the schedule is, is beatable, and as we've seen, everybody can beat ECU at the yeah, same that's time. that's true. So. And ECU can put up 50 points, and they can put up three. Nine, I mean, yeah. You, just, you, know, you never know. Ethan is up in Chesapeake. Hello, Ethan. Hey, guys. I'm not going to ask how you're feeling because I'm right there with you. So I, I called in last year after the Houston game, and there's, there's a lot of parallels with this game that are just keep popping up, like, Cameron, a couple callers ago, like absolutely nailed it. Like we we need to fire Donnie, we need to fire Tim Douse. Like not just from the special teams aspects, but like defensive line with the pass rush, it's been like almost non-existent this entire year. Like so, dude's definitely not earning his paycheck. Um, Mike Houston's going to have to make some really tough decisions this offseason because Blake Carroll's defense is producing well enough that he's going to get plucked by a cartel school in the offseason. So if we lose Blake Harrell this offseason to somebody, we might as well just go ahead and fire Donnie. Go ahead and replace both coordinators while we're at it. Um, I'm really, It's really fortunate that Mike was able to win seven games last year so he could get this extension because like without that, like he, I, I, I don't know, fellas. I don't know. Something's got to change on this offense. So 
you can't have like a, a fifth year starter quarterback like making these decisions and throwing a triple coverage. And the thing, the thing of it is, like he he's not getting any better. Like he's the same quarterback he's been for like the last like three years. You know, like, and that comes down to coaching. Like we need to do what we got to do. If we have to go to the FCS levels, if we have to go, no, 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 don't go there. I mean, no, you don't go backwards. We pretty much let anybody say what they want, but Ethan, let's let's be serious, you know, with our calls here. I'm 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 saying like if we have to get an offensive coordinator from the FCS. Oh, okay. okay. I I thought you meant the program go back to the FCS. Sorry, sorry. All right, continue. No, God. (laughs) That's our mistake. That's on us. Hey, 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 Billy. Stay off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying like Tulane went and got like an office. Actually, they got a they got a head coach as their offense coordinator from the D2 ranks. Yeah, Mike has got Mike has got to like do what he's got to do to, to get a quality offensive coordinator. Like I'm I'm really worried we're going to lose Blake this off season. But yeah, tough decisions got to be made. Made. I'll hang up and listen. Go Pirates! All right, thanks, uh, Ethan. There's Ethan in Chesapeake, and Ethan, that's a legitimate concern. Being concerned that somebody could come and pick Blake Harrell away. I mean, with the way the defense has been playing, he's shown progression over the last couple years. He's been good wherever he's been. Uh, so that is a legitimate concern, and I, I agree with Ethan 100. percent Man, if we were to lose Blake Harrell, I, it, it, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, and it's possible. Daniel asked, "Do we still smash the like button after a loss?" Yeah, you're not liking the crappy performance by East Carolina. <laughs> you're liking this show that you're watching and tuned into, where we have 182 more people watching than we do likes. So let's get the likes up, folks. Give us a few likes. You like to complain after these losses, and we take the calls. So show us your appreciation and give us a like. Give us a subscribe. Yes, Daniel, you must smash the like after a loss. Smash it! All right, Kenny in Blunt Creek is up next. Hello, Kenny. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Billy. Uh, well, I don't exactly agree with you on that last comment. We don't like complaining. We really are uh, kind of sick of complaining. But this but you do like I the mean, show, though, right? Kenny, you oh, call in and complain. Love the show. I call. There you go. Bad. Well, that's what you're liking. You're liking the show. I got you guys. They're just disappointed, you know. You're going to hear that a lot on the calls tonight. Uh, you know, I thought the uh, holding the timeouts right before halftime was not a good decision. thought uh, some of the play calling, you know, we complain about that a lot, but sometimes it just don't get through to uh, who it needs to get through. Special teams, everybody's going to beat that to death because it's horrible. When, when Daffer's missing – his mess is getting blocked because they can't keep nobody out of the back with the arms down. So, you know, the whole special teams does not look good this year. I just very disappointed in this uh, this game. We're going to put it behind us, get this sour taste out of our mouth again, and uh, be out there uh, next Saturday and support these kids on homecoming against Memphis. If we get that win, we'll be calling in a lot happier next week. And uh, I don't know, man, just – disappointed gonna sit back and watch the rest of the show and listen to everybody complain and want to fire coach Houston and donnie and you know what let's just get the ship going in the right direction and uh win some ball games go pirates and i uh, appreciate everything you guys do 
all right kenny thanks for calling in as always kenny in blunts creek uh the likes are up wendy uh says she she smashed the like just like the pirates got smashed today (laughs) so there you go that's yeah steve said uh, a gentle press of the button will do that's fine whether you smash whether you press whatever you do uh but good work we still have 140 more viewers than we do likes so let's get those number up and facebook what are you doing give us some likes facebook you freeloaders come on <laughs> all right 317 facebook freeloaders kyle david johnny hang on we will get to your calls when we return on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show here on a saturday evening talking about a pirate loss 24 to 9 to Tulane today back with more after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. 317-1250, the number on the Pit Electric Live line. You're tuned into the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Bad news, Billy. Parker's uh, hooking us up with some great food, but no banana pudding tonight. No, but they gave cookies. Good news. A lot yes, of cookies. I just have to have something sweet after my meal. I don't know why. All right, sweetie. We got you covered. <laughs> uh, 317-1250. We got Bobby Ray hanging on. Kyle, David. But right now, we'll go to Johnny in Falkland next. Hey, Johnny. Did you hang on, Johnny? Hey, Johnny. Yes, I'm here. How you doing? I'm not going to bash holding you know, not gonna bash Johnny. I just, I just remember the, the, the good old days of you know Jeff Blake and Leonard Henry and Carlester Crumpler and Kevin Monroe. Like, you know, I, I missed the good old boy. So that's it. I just, I hope there's some other pirates out me that miss just some good old boys out there. All right. Thank you, guys. Are you the guy, Johnny, that names a bunch of players off? Yeah, I can keep going. I thought you were. I was kind of upset you didn't, <laughs> but nah, too late now. I was hope you were gonna. Yeah, just go on for about two minutes. I was going to let you roll, but hey, anyway. you know what, Johnny? The, 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 Johnny, the bad part is that most ECU students and recent graduates of East Carolina don't really even know those names. I would agree because that's that's how long it's been. Like we we know I I you know Leonard Henry seems like to me just played yesterday. David Garrard, those guys, uh, uh, Philip Henry. I mean, we could go on and on and name all kinds of guys. Um, but those they seem to me like they played yesterday. But we got to remember, there's a lot of fans out there now that don't even know who those guys are, and that's sad. That's it why really Professor is. Johnny's here to that's educate them. Right. All right, Johnny. Thanks, man. 317-1250. David is up in Oriental. Hey, David. Hey, guys. How you doing? I uh, left the Pamlico Sound today catching drums for this catastrophe of a day, so I'm in a bad mood. I might need an Atticus call to get me back up, but I have one question for y'all. I'm in the corporate world, and I have to often take my emotion out of things and look at the data, and this is a serious question, and I have loved what Coach Houston has done since he's gotten there. But I have a real question for you that I'd like you guys to answer. What team have we beaten in the last three years in the FBS that finished the season with a winning record? Well, I'm glad you asked that because I just mentioned that earlier in the show. Um, According to a text I received this week as to why one of my friends uh, was taking Tulane minus the three points this week was because East Carolina had beaten two teams that finished the season with a winning record since Mike Houston's been here, and those teams were Marshall at seven and five, 
and the other was smu seven and five so he says two of the mike houston wins so far have come against teams with winning records at the end of the year and i would say i would say the biggest win of those was that marshall win because if you remember they had to come back to win that one at the last second uh and it was a kind of a miraculous comeback in that game well i i don't know what the problem is because i do believe in coach houston but we we, we've gone backwards and and i was going to start rattling off the names because i do remember all the names but my daughters went to ecu and they've never seen a winning program i'll leave you at that go pirates thanks david appreciate the call man uh you can suffer with us that's what we're here for on nights like uh tonight nights like last week we were here to celebrate right nights like tonight we are here to talk about what went wrong well i think that's the frustrating part for most fans too is the roller coaster ride you're you know living on such a high one week and then the lowest of the lows the next week there's no it doesn't seem like there's a middle ground a couple of callers that said they wanted consistency with the offense in this program they want to know what they're getting from week to week and that's the thing you just never know what you're going to get week from week uh with this ecu team 317-1250 kyle and the grange is up what's up kyle what's going on clip Billy, I heard the commercial for the hemp garden earlier. You guys have to fill me in with Delta 8. I need, uh, I need something. Maybe Delta 8, Delta 9. I don't know. Um, Delta 12, Delta 24. Uh, well, something. Hmm. Hike. Uh, Delta, Delta, Delta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, a few things. Um, first, Tulane's really good. Their defense is really good. You don't go on the road and beat Kansas State, hold them 10 points because you suck at defense. Um, I, I don't know how Southern Miss beat them. In fact, if you go look at the stats of that game, um, Tulane outgained Southern Miss significantly and really didn't have many turnovers. So I really don't know how USF beat them. I know there's some connections between the coaching staff, so that might have had something to do with it. But still, um, Tulane's a good football team on defense. It still doesn't excuse our horrible special teams play. Um, people want to talk about fire Donnie. Fire our special teams coordinator. It's a friggin' nightmare. It doesn't make any sense. Um, also, I'm not sure. Has anybody actually checked to see if when we have the ball on offense, does Mike Houston physically know how to call a timeout? Has anybody checked? Like, does he know how to do the little thing with his hand, you know, where you, you know, take your hand and you point it up and you drop your hand across your fingers? I don't know if he knows how to, when we're on offense, physically call a timeout. He might need to be coached to do that. Um, I don't know. Somebody could probably help him with that because his clock management's got awful. Uh, that's one thing he's not good at. I'm a Mike Houston fan, and I'm still behind him. But um, and, and there's no shame in losing to Tulane. It, it's just the way we lost. I, I thought we played horrible. Um, the, the I'm not a must-win type guy, but look, if you look at this 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 schedule coming up with Tulane, who is just outside the top 25, we got Memphis coming up. They're no slouch. We got UCF after that. They're 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 playing really good right now. And then you got BYU and Cincinnati, two top twenty five teams. This five game stretch is brutal, starting with Tulane tonight. I hate to call Memphis a must win situation, but we're five hundred football team. We got Memphis for homecoming, seven thirty PM prime time, ESPNU. Um, we gotta find a way to beat Memphis next week and get to four and three. If we're three and four, we're gonna struggle to make a bowl game. Screw a conference championship game. We're going to be struggling to get to 6-6, and that's just a fact. Um, we better find a way to beat Memphis next week. It, Pirate Nation needs to rally. Um, I, I like the matchup better, uh, more traditional. I think we can get to their quarterback, and I think we'll be able to score on them. But that's what we got to do. We'll screw this game. It's in the past. 
we better find a way to beat Memphis or we might be sitting at home again this December and not because of COVID. And that's all I got. Go Pirates. All right, Kyle. Hope you're doing all right, man. There's I, Kyle in the Grange. I agree with Kyle. I was stunned, stunned that we went into halftime with two timeouts in our pocket. Yeah. Even the announcers said. Well, said I mean, why, though? We've, how many times have we seen this from Mike Houston? I mean, I don't know, but I was thinking that we could at least utilize them in some sort of way. Sure, but that's just not his MO. I mean, yeah. it's just, I don't know. Well, two, a couple things that Kyle said. Uh, he said he hates to say that this is a must-win situation against Memphis. Well, it is. I, I, I'm going to say it. It is a must-win situation coming facts. up next week. No doubt about it. It is a must-win situation. The other thing I agree with him wholeheartedly on, too, is that it's no shame in losing to Tulane. Tulane is a good team. We talked about this. They were they were favored in this game, depending on what line you looked at. Great defense. They were 4-1. and one. No shame in losing to them, but I agree with him wholeheartedly on this point as well. It's the way you lost to them. You shot yourselves in the foot with the mistakes and the turnovers. 317-1250. Let's get a one more before we take a break. Bobby Ray in Winterville. Hey, Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray. All right. No Bobby Ray. Let's go to Brian in Hamlet. Hey, Brian. Brian! Hey, guys. Hey, Hello. Man. Yo. You're up. Hey, I just wanted to say it was it was a bad night for us tonight and that sort of thing. I'm doing something right now, so I have to call you back. All right. All right. Call us at your leisure. Hey, you know what? We're we'll hang on. No, no, we'll wait. We'll yeah, wait. no, go no. Ahead, what Brian. you got going on? We'll hang on. <laughs> you got to answer the door? You got to vacuum? <laughs> We got pizza in the oven. Brian, no hang What's up on, on us. Brian. Got to take a deuce. Call what, Brian what is back. It? Whatever it is, you'll, we'll hold on. Well, all right. Brian had bigger things to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> I don't want to let any other callers on until Brian gets back. You know us. what? It, it makes me feel good that he thinks that he's just calling up his buddy. Oh, <laughs> hey, hey let me call you right back. Hey, I fellas. Can, hey, let me get uh, back let, with let you. Let me get back with you. Brian, shoot us a text, man. <laughs> 317-1250. All right, David and Donna, you'll be up next, and we'll have open line 317-1250. Call us when you got time. <laughs> Back with you on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Hello, hello. There we go. We're back. And we're back. See, that's what happens when you're not in the studio. When you go out to use the potty or whatever. I go outside to use the potty? No, when you go out of the room to use the potty. Uh, welcome back to the party, <laughs> Clip Rocky. I don't know which dial to turn off. Shirley Rose, Chandler Honeycutt. <laughs> and we're back! And it's just one of them shows. 317-1250 on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Jesse says, will you please discuss the countless third and longs we gave up? Yeah, that too. Yeah, something we hadn't touched on. Call in Jesse, 317-1250, and you can discuss that. Just like Josh, Johnny, Donna, 
And right now we'll go to David and Gardner. Hey, David. Hey, how's it going, gentlemen? All right. Um, you know, first of all, you got to give congratulations to Tulane. They were the better team tonight. Uh, no shame in losing to a better team, right? Talk about why they were better. Um, you know, first of all, the turnovers just killed us, right? Every turnover we gave up, they converted into points, right? And you just can't win games like that. On the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, I really wasn't impressed with their secondary. I thought we, uh, you know, played a little too soft, gave up a lot of big plays. Um, and, you know, we should have been a lot more aggressive in the secondary um, to prevent those, those those big plays by Tulane. Um, but, you know, the thing that sticks out to me the most is the laughing stock our kicking our kicker has become with with the nation, right? ESPN spent the whole first half of the game talking about how crappy our kicker was. And as they were talking about it, he was missing kick after kick. Like, they did a highlight reel of all the kicks that this guy's missed, and the guy turned around, like, not a minute later and, and missed a PAT, right? And, and frankly, if Houston doesn't replace this guy, we've got three freshmen on the bench right now, right, that could take over for this guy. If Houston can't sit dapper and pick up one of those other freshmen, Houston needs to go back to high school football because clearly he's not ready for big boy football. He can't make the tough decision, right? Um, we should be, what, 5-1? and one? Uh, Just like ESPN pointed out, right? You know, we, we have... We've lost all our games up till now because of the kicker, right? Uh, but, you know, again, it wasn't his fault tonight, you know, but he missed, he missed a lot of doozies. And the fact that ESPN spent half the game talking about just how sorry our kicking program is should be a wake-up call to Houston to do something about it. If he can't do it, then maybe he should be replaced for somebody that can. And that's all i got to say. I'll – I'll take your response off there. All right, David. Thanks for the call. All right, David. I appreciate that, too. And you know what? I'm never going to bash a college football player as far as saying, using words like this guy sucks or this guy should do this instead of, you know, go sell T-shirts and all that. I'm not going to say that about these players. I'm not going to do it. But you also can't defend, uh, you know, lack of. Uh, produ- productivity on the field. If they're not, if the player is not getting it done, that player should be replaced because there's plenty of other guys on that team that are 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 willing, able, and probably, um, you know, in a really good position to go out there. And, and my thing is, is is if Daffer. First of all, I believe that Daffer is a good kicker. We saw that last year. He's not a good kicker this year. Now, why not sit him? Not saying bench him, done, kick him out of the program. There are people, ah, guy shouldn't even be on the team anymore. No, that's ridiculous. Maybe sit him. Bring another guy in, and then that doesn't mean Daffer won't win the job back later on. Sometimes you need that kick in the behind. So it's a delicate situation, especially when you're dealing with kickers. But like I said, I'm not going to ever bash kickers like that. But it's hard to defend kickers, too, when they're not doing their job. All right, uh, and I agree with what David was saying there. Uh, I th- we've got to have the worst kicking operation in FBS football. Yeah. Um, and Mike Houston will say each week that it's not just Daffer. Well, we've got the worst entire operation then, whatever it is. Uh, it is the worst because every time we line up for a field goal now, 
fans are nervous we had a caller talk about it earlier and i'm with them i don't have any confidence that it's going to go in so yeah and you know what the, the one of the big problems is you don't have a special teams coordinator that's just a special teams coordinator you've got a coach that's also a defense uh, what doust is tim like doust. Uh, tim doust is he's the special teams coordinator he's also their dns and d-line i think i think he's got three different titles let me tell you something uh, and and Chandler, you know this as a specialist too. How much time in practice do coaches spend with specialists if they're not specifically a special teams coach? Well, I actually saw somebody uh, watching the game today at a at a restaurant and said, "Well, we have a special teams coach. What, what, what's he doing?" With the, and I I'm like you, Billy. I don't think they're paying too much no. attention of how a holder holds the, the ball or how the kicker kicks the ball. Well, you, especially you, when they have. If you that's know, the case, if, then if we they have, have terrible coaches. That's ridiculous. Well, and that's the facts. But Those when, are when facts. you have a coach when you that have a has coach, other that's, responsibilities, that's right. other than a special teams coach, the so last, they're not seeing what's happening. The last no, thing they're thinking about is a, how a holder holds the ball. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's how it is. It is. It can't be. Mike Houston has talked about this. State has a tight end special teams coordinator. We're not the only school in the country well, no, no, that has a split nobody, coach. Nobody said that we weren't the only team in the country. Most teams, because you've only got 10 assistant so coaches. So you think the problem is they're just not even worried, like practicing no, or worried about no, it. No, nobody said that. Come on, Clip. No, that's they're not, not what paying we're saying. as much of attention as they should be because their first priorities are their positions. And let me tell you what, special teams is all the way down at the bottom of the list. It is always has been All the right. problem. But when it becomes a problem, you've got to when move they're practicing. Them. Clip, when they're practicing, when they became a problem, we clip, won. Right, clip, when they're practicing on the priority list, that's kickers and holders about. and snappers are over there doing their thing. Doing their thing. Do you think Tim Douse is over there? Eyeing them down. I no. think after six straight weeks of this, then yeah, they've been trying I to figure agree. it out. He needs to be over there saying something, but but he's not. But prior, no. All right. When he has other responsibilities? Well, that is shocking no. news that ECU coaches don't care about what's happening with special teams. They're not even worried about Nobody it. Nobody said they didn't care. Well, they, they need to get on it quick. They don't care enough. There's a well, priority. What I'm saying now is they need to get on it quick. They don't care enough. There is a priority list. All right. And let me tell you what. As specialists, as former specialists, we know the specialists are not top priority until it becomes a problem. Then... Half well, it's a problem, Billy. Late. That's right, and it it's should a problem. be moved up in the on the priority list. The All specialists right. should be moved up on the priority list. Three one seven twelve fifty. Donna is up in Virginia Beach. Hey, Donna. Hey, I'm coming off of a heated discussion. How are you guys doing? Heated, heated. <laughs> I'm sweating over here. <laughs> rightly so, rightly so. I mean, we didn't do the best tonight. Uh, still a pirate fan, grew up a pirate fan, but still, there was a lot of mistakes done tonight. Um, I don't think it's all. You know, I've heard a lot of bad things about Owen, not just this game, but this whole year so far. Some of it's his fault. Yeah, he probably should have done a little bit better. But at the same time, it's the whole special team like you guys were just addressing. Um, but, yeah, so I I just wanted to see how you guys were feeling. Kind of got that off of the last call when we were going in on special teams. But uh, I did make a comment earlier that I'd kind of like to retract. I made a comment on Facebook where I said that Holton at this point could clap his hand, turn around, and throw the ball over his head like it's a bouquet at a wedding that a bride's throwing, except that if he was a bride and throwing her bouquet, at least somebody would catch it. Anyway, love you guys. Have a good night. All right, Donna's wow, got, shot across the bow. Donna's got jokes on a Saturday night. <laughs> uh, 317-1250, Johnny D is in Wilmington. Hey, Johnny D. Cliff, 
Billy, man, come, come on, on guys. Y'all giving me type 2 diabetes watching y'all eat on the set. <laughs> what do you want us to do, man? Let us do something entertaining. We have to have some joy in our life. Why you let your boy... Your other commander, uh, buddy, beside you, we're a, a New York man. I tell you, you want to talk NFL? <laughs> Let's talk about the Broncos, Johnny. Let's talk NFL. That. That's what we look like tonight. Our quarterback looked like Russell Wilson, but oh goodness, you need to you need to get take Russell and ride off into the ocean somewhere. Hey, I saw somewhere where somebody had bet a thousand dollars on that game that there would not no be touchdowns. a touchdown, <laughs> yeah. and he won a hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, how about that? What a bet! That's a great bet, man. I wouldn't doubt it. Look, man, I'm I live down here in Wilmington. Uh, I was the first guy to call in uh, after the state game. I was frustrated about the kicking in the state game, but I didn't call anybody out. I, we don't do that on. You know, pirate radio, not pirates don't. But anyway, uh, he's a Wilmington kid, man. He uh, was a great field goal kicker at New Hanover. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I think, and I may, I'm being facetious again, but I think I said something to the effect of, you know, we've got all those soccer fields in Greenville. We can't find a soccer kicker. And uh, I tell you what, I disagree with the other caller, man. I thought a niche and Brock Oswaller talked really good about the Pirates today, man. Uh, he did bring up the kicking, but he said if 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 we'd have got that straight, we'd have beat the state. We'd have beat, uh, you know, Navy, da da da. But no, they won't say it in a negative way at all. Anish and uh, Brock talked great about East Carolina today, and uh, they have all year. But uh, anyway, I, I feel bad for him, but I agree we got to start looking up. Uh, options on uh, special teams but one of those kicks today in his defense got blocked and that's because the uh, guy on the line didn't block his guy so uh, anyway uh, power radio rocks is therapeutic and uh, give my girl Shirley Ray's clip all right well I don't control those things Johnny but I'll, I'll echo that statement thank you Johnny good to hear from you in Wilmington 317-1250 that opens up a line if you want to jump in, Josh is in Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, Josh. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's up? Hey, Josh. Um, I don't want to add to a more brutal show than this has already been, but um, I have, like, I guess two legitimate questions or what I think would be legitimate questions. But um, I, I guess the first one is uh, overall, I mean, you, you can blame Tim Dowell for defensive ends and the kicking game and all that or whatever, but I, ultimately it all – kind of falls back on coach houston and i've been a big fan of his um but uh, how concerning i guess is it to you to see the type of you know regression i think that we've seen in the special teams and the you know defensive secondary you know we've given up a lot of big pass plays uh throughout the year um and and then i guess secondly too with as far as donnie kapatrick you guys have your your finger a little bit more on the pulse you guys cover these guys every day and um, you know, it's just weird. Sometimes our offense just it clicks so well, and you know we seem to be able to do what we we have whatever we want. And then other times, like the you know Navy game, and you know the second half of this game, it, we're just I don't know. It's like we're sleepwalking. We can't do anything, or we just kind of repeat the same thing over and over again. And uh, I, I, I guess I'm what I'm asking is if it continues down this path of just you guys knowing Coach Houston, the program. Uh, what what are the kind of realistic odds of some of this is going to have to be addressed at the end of the season with coaching changes or if they don't go to a bowl game and it continues mm-hmm. to go up and down with the majority of down 
uh then there is a 95 percent chance that there's a hundred percent chance it's addressed yeah uh, as far as a change being made a pretty high percentage because the thought this year was you had a quarterback that had all these starts and all this experience with all these weapons and this is mike houston's best team assembled since he's been here and if they underachieve this year which is not going to a bowl and some people saying even going six and six is underachieving this year i've seen a lot of that in the chats then absolutely it's it's definitely going to be addressed 100 percent is the answer to that as far as week to week why well todd graffinini former voice of tulane keeps texting me uh he's listening to the show he said our defense is just that good ecu fans can't accept it i don't know about that but one of the reasons is we play a good defense today and we didn't last week or against campbell you know so i mean the matchups matter as well but you would think this far into holton's tenure donnie mike houston we've all been together this entire time they could go out and put up some points on on anybody at this point they should be able to they are clearly not they didn't against navy they didn't hear uh today against uh tulane so all right josh thanks for the call anything else I, I just, to, I, oh go ahead yeah i just no the only thing is i mean i i agree tulane's got a great you know defense or whatever but i i haven't seen anybody we played this year that we we haven't been able to physically match up with i i think the tools are there to you know under the right coordinator whatever to, to score plenty of points on tulane you know i don't think they had, they're that much better than us but you know i'll, I'll rest it there all right. Thanks, Josh. 317-1250. Sean, Jesse, and Jerome. Hang on. We'll take a timeout. Come back. More to go. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. We are back with you after these words. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter post-game call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. I have a case on my phone, Daniel. 317-1250. What, did I miss something? No, I'm just having personal conversations with YouTube <laughs> okay. chatters. I didn't know if you were having a personal conversation with your imaginary friend, Daniel. Or something. <laughs> Daniel, you sit over there. Daniel, Daniel is over there. He's been spinning that chair for the last 10 minutes. We got a poltergeist situation going on. <laughs> All right. Maybe that, that's it. We, found, we figured it out. The problem with East Carolina football, there's a poltergeist. Thought you say we have an imaginary offensive coordinator. Wow! But you did. I did not I want to go there. But you say. did. You I did. Thought that's what you were going to say. Wow. wow, Billy. What were the two key <laughs> stats tonight when you look at the UBE stat sheet? So looking at the UBE stat sheets, if you if you look at the stats overall without looking at the final score, there's no way that you say Tulane won this game 24 to nine. East Carolina had more first downs, 24 to 22. East Carolina had more total yards, 419 to 390. So that good uh, Tulane defense. Defense, East Carolina was able to move the ball against that defense. They had more rushing yards, 131, than Tulane. Tulane had 40 rushing yards. Uh, passing yards, kind of similar in the passing yardage, but of course, the big stats turnovers. East Carolina had two turnovers. Tulane did not turn the ball over at all. And in the kicking game, East Carolina was 1 and 3 overall in the kicking game, 0 and 1 on extra points and 1 and 2 in the field goal department while on the flip side because if you did watch the game the announcers also 
made mention that both teams were struggling in the kicking game. That was not the case tonight with Tulane, who was four for four, three for three on extra points, and one for one on field goals. So that's the big difference. Is penalties. Kicking, penalties. Oh, yeah. Penalties the same. Yeah. Well, and, and Tulane had some penalties as well. But as a matter of fact, Tulane had more penalties than East Sorry, Carolina. I meant to say turnovers and kicking. Well, but there are penalties. penalties in there as but, well. Yep. Penalties were a problem. Problem with the penalties that East Carolina did commit is they were very costly and at the worst times. All right. Uh, Rod, Jerome, Jesse, we, uh, we'll get to you in a moment. Sean is up in Sanford. Hey, Sean. Hey guys! Hey guys! Uh, great show. Uh, you know, I remember. I haven't been following ECU football long. Cause my daughter, she didn't start until got at Montgomery, and the uh, son he went to UNCG, and then he went to NC State. So I have to keep up with NC State as well. But uh, you know, under Scotty Montgomery, it seemed like ECU was consistently sucking every game day, and now. Under Houston, which is a good coach, I think he's a really good coach. Um, it just seems very inconsistent. One week they're great, the next week you really don't know what you're going to get. And it seems like it's been that way, and it seems like it's even more pronounced this year, this season. It's just uh, day was just awful. But if there's anything you guys can allude to as far as what what can you point your finger at that's causing the inconsistency, because you know, it almost seems like whenever Holton has a bad game, that's when the wheels start to fall off and just the whole – everything just goes to crap. But, uh, you know, the defense seems to keep holding their own uh, despite uh, the inconsistency. I'll let you guys have the last word. I appreciate it. and go. All right. Thanks for the call, Sean. Well, I mean, you hit a lot of good points. And the thing is with the defense, the defense today was on the field way too much way too long because East Carolina could not sustain any long drives uh, with the quick turnovers. That's why Tulane did a great job on the, you know, coaches want to take shots down the field after a quick turnover, after a flip of fields. And they did that after the the interception in the end zone that Holton threw. It only took two plays to go 80 yards the other way for a touchdown. And there was one point in the game where Tulane like conducted a eight-minute drive. Yeah. And then we go on the field offensively and they have a three and out. Three and out. And then our, our our defense is right back there on the field. Yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a recipe for disaster as well because your defense, no matter how I, I don't care how good of a defense you have, if they're on the field that much, and that's the one thing I missed on here and didn't see on this uh, particular stat sheet that I was looking at. I wanted to see time of possession because that that uh, I would imagine was in in favor big time of Tulane. If I'll not, I'd be surprised. Alright, 317-1250 while we look that up. Let's go to Jesse in Fuquay Verena. The answer is 30, about 32.5 to 27.5 in mm. favor of Tulane. Not as bad as I thought, but still. Jesse, you're up. Hey guys, uh, first time, long time. I uh, appreciate you taking my call. I'm calling about those third downs, man. There was so many third and longs and sitting at the house like yeah yeah third nine man and i just but knew they were going to complete it um but when we were in obvious passing situations throwing to a receiver they they had plenty of defenders on them um is there some kind of nickel or dime um dime backs we can bring in you know um i i don't, I don't know what, what are your guys thoughts on that man 
Well, third third downs have been a major problem. I did take a note. There was ECU gave up a third and 16 on a run play on the opening drive of the second half, if you remember, when Tulane was backed up uh, deep in their own territory. That is something that you cannot have. You had guys 10 and 15 yards off the ball on a third and 16. They have an inside handoff that goes for 16 and a half yards to pick it up. You just can't have that. Those are just, that's a, that there was a mental breakdown on the defensive side of the ball. And Brock Osweiler, I thought he did a great job commentating and as a color analyst on the game today because he called that out as well. And he said blatantly right there, he's like, that's a bad call. He said, that's a terrible call defensively. He didn't say that was a great play offensively by Tulane. He called out and said that was a terrible call defensively. You got to have guys a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. You got to keep everything in front of you and instead they played off the ball on third and 16 and allow a 16 and a half yard run deep in two-lane territory you just can't have those types of things right right well we'll see how it goes guys but thanks for taking my call all right jesse thanks man uh good point in the facebook chat by jay and alexandria we're talking about how uh two-lane had struggled kicking going into this game and they didn't tonight uh, both Jay and Alexandria point out that's because Tulane made the change at kicker, unlike ECU. Right. They did make a change at kicker. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, very good point. Yeah. They had a different guy in there kicking, and it worked out uh, for Tulane tonight. All right. 317-1250. We go to Jerome in Greenville. Hello, Jerome. What's up, fellas? What's up? Um, I mean, the way they did it in the past is that they always had different coaches and different coordinators be in charge of a special teams unit, but the head coach was in charge of, you know, timing the snaps, the get off, things of that nature. But it's just about pride. You got to take pride in the unit of what you're on. If you're letting a guy go through your gap to block a kick, then you were replaced. I mean, it's just it. Same thing with the kicker. You're not doing his job, replace him. Number two, seem like we don't, we don't go in the half and we don't really make a lot of adjustments. Um, it seemed like Michael Pratt, every time that we would attempt to try another blitz. He picked up on it right away. We didn't have any checkouts of it or anything. What's your thoughts on it? Well, I think they did a good job of getting to Michael Pratt for a few times. If, if I'm not correct, if I'm not mistaken, I think they had five half. sacks total, at I think. One point. At okay. one, yeah, at one they point. I know they had a second half then. Yeah, so I mean, they, they had a bunch of sacks. They got to him. And so I think as far as getting to Pratt, I, I don't think that was a problem. I think the third down situations were the bigger problems. Uh, you know, Pratt's a good quarterback. He really is. And then, if you remember, they brought in their second string quarterback who came out and played two plays and threw, I think, like a 15-yard pass on the very first play and picked up a first down. So they mixed it up offensively. Um, Tulane did as well. So, you know, the thing is, is I, I don't blame the defense. You know, when you give up 24 points um, and you're on the field that long, you feel like you should have a chance to win. The offense just dropped the ball once again. I mean, that's just the bottom line. All right, Jerome. Appreciate it. 317-1250. We go to Rod in Wilmington next. Hey, Rod. Hey guys, uh, um, enjoying the show as usual. Uh, you guys are always entertaining, and uh, I also enjoy hearing from the fans. And but I, I, I don't want to get get down. We got we got to stay up. Uh, you got to go through these valleys to get to the mountaintops. And uh, we played a good we played a good team tonight, and uh, we, we also had to play that other team uh, against that other team, East Carolina, that uh, was beating us with a. Uh, 
some uh, letdowns in discipline, but some penalties and, and inopportune times. And so uh, we just got to be sharp. But uh, overall, I think uh, this league that we're in, we're in a very uh, strong league. We got some good football uh, teams in this league, and uh, that's going to help us in the long run. I think. Uh, playing that caliber against that caliber of opponents and being able to keep ourselves sharp and uh, I mean we just got to go to work and work hard every you know every week uh, with the kicking game uh, you know they're just going to need to to have some more live work out on the field where the, where the whole team is uh, that's one thing to be out on the field and uh, and uh, get your kicking in uh you know, Forty years ago, when I was up there, you know, you, we had, a, um, you know, we'd have a, a live play at the beginning of practice, and then we'd go over to the stadium, we'd work out the rest of the day. But if you got problems with the timing and the meshing and all that, that then it needs, they need extra work on the field as a unit, and um, that's what it's going to take. I hope they get it. I, I'm not down on Daffer. Uh, you know, um, he's just got a bad string of luck. If you take, uh, like today, they, they said it was a bad hold on an extra point, I believe, and then the, the guy got his hand up and deflected that uh, field goal attempt. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's kind of like being snake bit. But, um, you know, they're just going to have to go. And as far as... You know, he's a guy in the arena. He's competed. He's he's competed in practice. That's why he's out there on the field on game day. And uh, he's just going to go back in, put the work in, and uh, and get the job done. Or if you know, if he if he's rattled to the point where you know he he's just not uh, he's in his head too much, then he may may need to have somebody else in there. But uh, uh, anyway. Hi, Rod. Well, thanks for the call, man. Good to hear from you. Now, right, you know, I agree with Rod too that you know you've got to you got to go in with live bullets in the practice. I, I'm not at practice every day. I don't know how they they go about practice, but you know, guys can kick into a net on the side all they want to, and they can you know. Uh, Snappers, holders, and kickers can do their thing all, but until you get everybody out there, out there, and you're making sure you're going live every day, it's it's not going to make a difference. But Man. like I said, I don't know what they do out in practice, so you know I can't say whether they do or do not do that. I, I feel like I watched a uh, episode of Gunsmoke. Yeah, that time. was our buddy uh, Rod, the cowboy. Oh, cowboy! Back it's like Gunsmoke. John says, Clip, can you talk about quarterback depth of the Pirates? Yeah, Holden Aylers is the starter, Mason Garcia is the backup, and then you got Alex Flynn and Ron Stubblefield behind that. So there you go. <laughs> Asked and answered. Uh, Drew, Jack, Binky, and Jay. Binky? All right. 317-1250. We'll take a timeout. Jack, Jay, Drew, and Binky are coming up when we return on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter post-game call-in show. 
Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, uh, let's take a look at games that are going on right now. Clemson has a 3-0 lead over Boston College right now. Notre Dame is trailing 16th-ranked BYU 6-3 midway through the first quarter. Wake Forest has an early 7-0 lead over Army in the first and uh, that's about three minutes left to go in the first quarter. Kansas State has a 7-3 lead over Iowa State in the first. And South Carolina has an early 7-0 lead over Kentucky in Lexington. And USC has jumped out to a 10-0 lead over Washington State with about three minutes to go in the first quarter. Florida State and NC State were scheduled to kick off at 8 o'clock. However, the lights weren't working at Carter Finley Stadium so uh, it is currently in a delay, although they have tweeted out that the uh, possible kickoff is now at 8.09 p.m., which should be in about two minutes from now. Major League Baseball today, it has been a fun day of wild card games. The Guardians and Rays went into the 15th inning, and Oscar Gonzalez hits a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 15th. The Mariners rallied from seven runs down. They have now taken the lead over Toronto in the ninth inning. It is 10-9 Seattle in that game. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buccaneer Beacon of Music in the Land of the Pirates. And they're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night along with football. You can follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule, and we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, a lot going on. Pro move by Billy Weaver when I left the studio. Because <laughs> I was not going to turn it on the Mets game. <laughs> I was wondering, I was like, is he going to ever turn it nope. on the Mets game? But Billy, uh, when I left, took the uh, remote and turned it to the Mets game, and that was a Look pro move. that 100-mile-an-hour heater by DeGrom. Just give him the heater. Mets won. Padres nothing in the second inning. All right, Jay Binky. Jack, hang on. We go to Drew in Texas. Hello, Drew. Did you hang on through the break? Oh, hold on, hold on. Shirley said, hold on. Drew in Texas. Drew. Hey, how's it going? I've been meaning to call in uh, the last couple of weeks. Haven't had time to. Uh, I'll try to keep it as short as I can. Probably ramble a little bit, but I grew up an ECU fan. Uh, definitely from the glory days. Jeff Blake, uh, Marcus Crandall, David Garrard. You know, we believe. And... Just point blank, hearing people call in and talking about we need to fire people. I think we haven't truly figured out who ECU is within the college um, environment. And really when it comes down to it, it's a stepping stone. And, you know, unless we invest in a coach, you know, which I still hold the opinion that if we didn't fire Steve Logan, he'd probably still be the coach. And, you know, we got rid of Ruffin, and that guy would lay down in the traffic for ECU football. And ironically enough, just to prove how dysfunctional, you know, our, our history is, we've got that same guy working for our, our arch rival down the road in NC State. Um, Holton, uh, Holton, I mean, everybody can talk about him, you know, from having a good game to a bad game. But just point blank, if you pulled up a spreadsheet of the passes and the completions that he has, he completes all of his passes within an eight to 12 yard window. Okay. He has a noodle arm past 15 yards, 15 yards, excuse me. He has to put so much air underneath it that a DB can recover from misplaying the down. They can be out of position. 
he put so much air on it, they're going to be able to recover. Okay? Point blank. The best thing he's going to be able to do is get reinvested in the program, be a rah-rah guy for the community or where like that, because the community obviously still loves him and the politics are still heavy in Greenville. But Mason Garcia is going to be the truth. I mean, to see that guy throw the ball whenever he came in and played those downs for Campbell, that was huge. Um, I don't think that we need to be talking about replacing people from, you know, up-and-comers, because once they have success, they're going to leave. I mean, last I heard, Shane Carden is coaching high school in Idaho. He'd be a great person to reinvest in the program. And, you know, a lot of it, too, is just finding our identity. I mean, Weapon bless his heart, you know, it wasn't his offense. It was Mike Leach's offense. And coming from the Big 12, you know, where it's all about just putting up points, you know, that wasn't the ideology of ECU football that we've grown up to love. We, we grew up on football where it was all about defense. You know, the fact that we could, we could take a punch from anybody. We beat Miami more than Florida State did back in the 90s. You know, getting back to our glory days as far as ECU football is going to be more about, you know, kind of matching the context with the actual reality. And I'm so tired of hearing these ESPN announcers talk about Holton, there, uh, Holton you know, breaking Shane Carden's passing record. He did it in five years. Carden did it in three. Context is everything. Go Pirates. All right, there is Drew in Texas. Anybody anybody have uh, local politics on their bingo card? Of course. Okay. I will say, last week, Ehlers threw a lot of deep balls that were completed. But tonight, uh, and I don't – you could say – I guess I, I read Ryan Jones was open. I didn't see the, the replay of it. But tonight, he had Hatfield on that touchdown. And whether he noodle-armed it, as you would say, or waited too long, either way – it was a, a bad throw and an easy interception, but it was there. If he throws that earlier, probably when he's supposed to, yeah. that's a touchdown to Hatfield. But, uh, you know, it, it was over that 15-yard mark that, that Drew talked about. We've seen Ehlers hit some deep balls, but, man, uh, two, two bad picks tonight. Once again, can't defend those at all. Yeah, and as far as an to. identity, you know, you talk about uh, back in the 90s and, you know, back in the day when, when Coach Logan was here and everything, it was wide-open offense. I remember Logan used to always say, you know, we're not afraid to score fast. I, I don't care if we score one, – it's a one-play drive and it's a 75-yard score – uh, we want to score quick. We want to get down the field. We saw that with Skip Holtz, too, when we had that NASCAR offense going on in Lincoln-Riley. And, I mean, how many plays did they run on offense in the Lincoln-Riley area? era? I like that. I think Mike Houston likes to run the ball and try to establish the run. I get that. I understand it. But that's not the identity of East Carolina football. It's, it's wide open, throwing it down the field and playing stingy defense. All right, 317-1250. Jack is up in Murfreesboro. Hello, Jack. Hey, Jack. Hello, Jack. You there? Yes, sir. Are you there? Are you there? Yes. I would like to say one thing. Please do. And I am. I would rather listen to a chainsaw go over my left foot than hear Billy Weaver Take up Rowan Dapper or Holt Naylor. I now, let me tell you something. I I said yeah, I have, yeah, 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 I have yeah, yeah, taken yeah. up I have taken up for those guys in the past. I'm not going to badmouth them, but I do say right now, as of tonight, they are very hard to defend. I will say that 100. percent It's hard to defend those guys right now because they're not playing well. I just don't like to bash 
uh, college players and, and say what some of the callers will say and call them, say that they suck and say that they, you know, they've got that I'm not even going to repeat some of the stuff that's been said. I just don't like to bash the guys, but I will tell you, and I said this before going on the air tonight, I cannot defend those players tonight. They had, they did not show up. And if there's a change to be made uh, in the kicking spot, I would agree with that a hundred percent. So I'm not, I'm not taking up for those guys tonight. I'm not doing it. Yeah. I don't know where they're going to send Dapper. I reckon they send him over there to Halifax Community College. They don't even got a football team, but yeah, he, he'd be a number one to uh, go over there. But uh, See, now you can say that. That's the thing. I'm not going to say that about players. I'm not going to bash them like that. I'm just going to say that they're not. if they're not doing their jobs, not, they should be replaced. And and I think that's fair. But gosh darn, it just makes <laughs> me vomit watching that damn football game. I understand. Well, I hope you had a bucket. <laughs> all right jack thanks all right man i have a good one thanks man you too next time you take up for owen daffer i'm hitting the chainsaw now, Billy. and you know what i i agree i took up for him <laughs> I did, but at, you know what after as many as he's missed i have to stay I, I i say that i cannot defend it i can't defend it anymore and if there's a change to be made then it needs to be made all right binky is in raleigh Hey Binky. Did you Binky? Hello, Binky. Did you make me say Binky 14 times and you're not even there? Wow. You just ruined my entire week. He just ghosted you. <laughs> you got to you might have to explain I know, I might that have to one. explain it now. Billy thought Binky was one of the names of a Pac-Man ghost. I was unaware the ghost had names. Yes. You looked it up and they, they are did. Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde right. are the ghost names for the Pac-Man. Today's game, game was Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's in Greenville. Hey Jay. It's hard to back up Binky, but I'll do my best. All right. Jay. Uh, Cliff, I was worried about you. I saw you falling asleep uh, a couple callers ago, so uh, I wanted to wake things up. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, I've listened to everybody call in tonight. Um, I've watched pirate football my whole life, and it, you know, Ed Emery said one time, "Watching ECU football is like loving a woman that don't love you." I mean, it's just one heartbreak after another. And uh, you know, every now and then she'll make you feel all right, but most of the time she's letting you down. Yeah, because usually she'll kiss you on the cheek and you'll think you got a chance. So you stay around a little bit longer and then. Uh, then you play Tulane. Yep, then then you play Tulane. <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, uh, like, step, I think it was 79 team Independence Bowl, uh, 91 Peach Bowl. And then I'm trying to remember the year that Steve Logan had us in the Furniture Gallery Bowl where we beat Texas Tech. And if you really are honest with ourselves, that's the three years in that amount of time that we have not had a letdown along the way or underachieved in some way, shape, or form. And I know a lot of people would argue with that, but say Skip Holtz won two conference championships, but we found a way to lose to Arkansas, found a way to lose to Kentucky. Should have beat both of them. Didn't do it. Um, under rough, I mean, we padded the win column. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we caught State when they were down. We caught Carolina when they were down. 
beat the crap out of them, and it was fun. Uh, you know, and, and we had, but we had a whole lot of wins against teams that did not have winning records uh, under Ruff. And, and that was one of the arguments that people had with Ruff was that um, when it came down to playing um, a really good team with a winning record, we couldn't find a way to win. Um, you know, so we, but we've endured Scotty Moe and, and uh, John Thompson, and we don't even like to bring those things up, but. You know, I hate to hear people talk about firing coaches and getting rid of people. The football we're playing is competitive. I mean, I expected us to win the game today. I know Billy didn't. Billy, I heard your pick earlier. But uh, anyway. I picked it to either. I picked Tulane to, to win, but I thought it would be closer than this, to be honest. You're right. You're right. But, uh, uh, you know, I still think we're going to win next weekend. I think we can win the rest of the games on our schedule. Uh, Cincinnati barely beat South Florida uh, today. I mean, 28-24. In my opinion, our conference is is down right now, and that's why this hurts so damn bad is because I feel like we're finding ways to lose when we ought to find ways to win and go win the damn conference. But we just can't get out of our own way to do it. And, I mean, whether it's the the secondary got exposed today, I mean, third and long, they, you know, we, we... continually gave up long completions. Um, I know everybody wants to get on Donnie Kirkpatrick and Holt Naylor's. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, the two of those guys, they're married. I mean, you, you can't fuss at one without fussing at the other. And I, I'll be honest, I don't know who to be disappointed in sometimes, whether it's one or the other. Sometimes I think, well, you know what? Right play call, but Holt missed a wide-open receiver. I mean, uh, you know, other times I'm thinking, why are we – why are we running for three straight plays? Why are we passing for three straight plays? And, and uh, you know, today we had success with the ground game, and it worked so good we quit doing it. Um, so I, I just I don't know what to think, but I just hope the fans don't give up because the worst thing we can do right now as a Pirate Nation is to not show up for homecoming, not show up against uh, Houston, who's struggling, and we should be. Uh, to not show up against Central Florida, who is probably outside of BYU the best team we got left. But, you know, let's show up, let's finish it up, do our best, support who we got. And at the end of the year, we got to trust uh, Coach Houston to do what we hired him to do. And if that's make changes, uh, it's make changes, but uh, we got to trust him to do it. So, anyway, that's it. All right, Jay. I uh, appreciate the call. Three. Really? Are we really doing about to do this? Oh, Lord. This is not my decision. Corey Glor joins us from New Orleans. Hello, Corey. Hmm. I just want to say um, that defense that East Carolina possesses, there won't be a more ferocious, aggressive defense on Michael Pratt all year. And the plays that his receivers made for him today were otherworldly, and that's their best game I've seen in my time here. So I just wanted to call in, say hi, hello, in fact, um, and hope and encourage fans there to know that defense is going to travel. And that offense, when full strength, is really hard to stop, and our, and our defense did a hell of a job on Holton and Keaton in the second half to pin them down. But that defense that ECU has, that's going to carry them a long way this year. That was impressive. All right. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. The defense has not been a problem. I mean, and you can have the best defense in the world, but if you don't score, you're not going to win many games. And the, the, the offense has got to be more productive on a consistent basis. We saw it last week uh, against USF. I mean, they, they looked great, looked wonderful. And like I said, going into this game today, I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see that continue, and it didn't. They just took a step backwards. The defense, I have no problem whatsoever with the defense. I mean, you can pick on the defense a little bit and say that you know they've given up way too many third and long situations. I understand that, but looking at the defense overall, I agree with Corey Glore a whole bunch. I mean, the defense for East Carolina played outstanding, and they did. You know, they 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 gave the offense and that team a chance to win tonight. Corey. Yeah, I'll, let me say this. Um, this is now two weeks in a row for for our defense here in which we've seen quite possibly the two best quarterbacks in this league and really shut them down. And so, or shut the, or at least minimize them with, with Ehlers and Clayton Toon last week. Um, this past defense, this secondary, is legit. And they were getting a little bit eaten up in that first half but not in the second half. And so I think there will be brighter days ahead for ECU offensively because I truly think now, six weeks in, this two-lane defense isn't a fluke right now. They're, they're doing something really impressive. And what that second half was um, was maybe their, their bellwether mark of the season so far. Corey, always good to hear from you, but uh, don't really care to talk too much right now. <laughs> Do you, do you sense? Flip, Billy, you're doing yeoman's work there. <laughs> um, you, 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 got a, you got a good group, and I, I, I really believe that, and I know everyone on our side knows that, and that's why I think we're about as thrilled about this win as we have been in a long time about a win because that, that there are playmakers everywhere. Winstead's a stud, and that's the first time I saw him in person. That guy is something, um, and we could not figure him out most of the day. Um, but you you got something there, and I'll just tell the folks there to keep the faith and maybe, just maybe, um, the Tulane Green Wave are not a bad club. Like, this is not last year's team. It was not last year's game. And um, so don't feel too bad about this one because, from, you know, maybe, just maybe, this club that you saw today is pretty damn good. Well, Corey, those are fine words, but nobody's going to listen to you that is calling and listening <laughs> to the show. But we appreciate you saying it anyway. All right, Corey Glor, we'll talk to you uh, basketball season, man. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your night. Roll wave. See you, Thanks, buddy. Man. There's Corey Glor, uh, play-by-play voice of the Green Wave. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. 317-1250, the number. We have, I think, one open line. If you want to jump in, we have been wall-to-wall calls. Uh, NC State forces a punt on their first draft, so now they got it taking on Florida State under the lights that are working currently in Raleigh. There wasn't a lightning delay. It was a light delay earlier in Raleigh. Maybe it's because they have those newfangled lights that blink on and off when they score a touchdown and do all that crazy stuff. That's probably what the problem was. Could be. All right. But I like those lights, actually. I'd love to see them at ECU. 317-1250. Back with more of your calls on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after this.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, uh, let's take a look at uh, the Clemson-Boston College game. It is now tied as Boston College has uh, kicked a 30-yard field goal, and they are now tied at three apiece in the second quarter. Notre Dame has taken a lead over BYU 10-6 with nine minutes left to go in the first half. Wake Forest has tacked on another touchdown. They lead Army 14-0. Kansas State leads Iowa State 7-6, and South Carolina is still holding on to that 7-0 lead over Kentucky uh, in the second quarter, USC leads Washington State 10-6, and Florida State and NC State are finally underway, and uh, there is no score there as of yet. Major League Baseball, the Fighting Igos, the Seattle Mariners rallied from seven runs down in the eighth inning to take a 10-9 lead and close it out. And they are headed to the ALDS to take on the Astros for the first time since, what is that clip, 2001, I believe? Is that right? Either 2000 or 2001. I think it's 01. Yeah. I think 21 years. Okay. 8-1 to they trailed after five innings. And they rallied and scored nine runs. So they got the Astros next. Yep. And uh, the Guardians advance as well. They're going to take on the Yankees. Yankees next. Yep. And uh, Yankees. And that is a look at your scoreboard brought to you, oh, you by you the Buck. You didn't say the best scoreboard. Well, what? The Mets, the Mets and the Oh, I'm sorry. Padres. Are the Mets and Padres playing right this second? Yeah, the Padres just Man, hit a home run. Mets it's one to one. No respect. Oh, the one, game's getting okay. good. Okay, well, that's your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard <laughs> brought to you by the Buck. <laughs> We're allowed to say scores. Da, buck, da, buck, da, buck, da, buck, da, buck. We got a uh, Grisham Dinger off Jacob DeGrom. It is one to one in the third inning. So keeping an eye on everything. Uh, state and state florida state nc state scoreless in the first quarter all right back to your calls wow we have an open line for the first time all night 317-1250 uh we will go to carrie in greenville hello carrie hi uh everybody's talking about being disappointed tonight you know i am disappointed in pirate football fans i've been watching and listening to and going to pirate football games since the 80s and I have never, ever seen a worse pirate football team than in the Scotty Montgomery, yes, I'll say the name, era. Not even John Thompson era. The team had no heart. And you get a coach like Mike Houston in, and he's a great coach. I've watched him for years and years. I'm originally from Virginia. And... You take a team that has no heart and within three years, because you can't count the COVID year, you couldn't have spring practice, and you got a team that's got a lot of heart, but you got to learn to win. You got growing pains, and people are talking junk about him. Hey, he recruited Raji Harris and Keaton Mitchell why would they come to East Carolina when they are doing so horrible? I don't know. It must be recruiting. What about Marlon Gunn? All I got to say to Pirate Nation is, in a few more years, all the players we have on our team are going to have been recruited by Mike 
Houston, and people are going to be saying across the country, how did East Carolina get that good? So all I got to say to Pirate Nation is be patient. It's coming. All right. All right. Carrie in Greenville. I, I, like, I like that little bit of passion. There you go, Carrie. Hey, you know what? He, he mentioned something. He was mentioning the running backs and everything. Something that we haven't mentioned on the show, which Chandler had said to me right before the end of the game, and I agreed uh, with him 100%. Didn't seem like Keaton Mitchell was 100% tonight. Did it? It it didn't see it. There were times that he just it it still seems he's a little banged up. And whatever he's got, it's a nagging deal. Like yeah. it's not something. It's isn't it like a hip hip pointer? Yeah, it's so a hip pointer. I don't yeah. think he's going to be a hundred percent. Right, and it, it's one of those things that if I remember correctly, I don't remember if it was Mike Houston or who was uh, which uh, coach it was that said something about his injury. That straight line, you know, when he gets up the field is fine. I think it's the vertical or the side to side movement with that hip. And, We've been asking for more of those, you know, passing out to him yep. in the flats, uh-huh. which we did tonight. Right, but right. it seemed like he just didn't have enough get-up with yeah, him. And, it, and, and we know that he's been battling injury yep. for the past couple of weeks, but he's definitely not 100%. He tried to go last week in warm-ups, and then they, he comes out at kickoff, and he's in street clothes. He tries to go today, but Keaton Mitchell is definitely not 100%, yeah. and hopefully he can get there. But like Clips, uh, Clip said, can he? I don't know. We'll see. Three one seven twelve fifty. We go to Anson in Raleigh. Hello, Anson. Anson. Let's try Zach. He gone. In Dunn. Wait, no. Let's go to Mitch first. All right. Let's go to Mitch in Greenville. Hello, Mitch. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Hey, right. Mitch. Man, uh, I don't know what to say. The inconsistency just isn't there. Um, last week we were on fire with the offense. The announcers on the TV was talking about going to our playmakers. We didn't go to our playmakers. We didn't go downfield at all. We went side to side and ran the ball. We went downfield some. Some of them were inaccurate. But CJ got the ball, first touchdown, and he was never looked at again. And last week, he did great. And I know it's for his grandmother and all that, but he did great last weekend. But this weekend, he scored the touchdown, and they never looked his way again. He's a playmaker. He's tall. He can go up and get it. Give him a chance. They have to go downfield more. That's where it works for ECU football. All right. Mitch wants to see the ball down the field. It's kind of funny. We've been – was it against in the, in the Navy game where we say we need yeah. more side-to-side, yep. need yep. more screens? Yep. And, and we, now, we got more of them. And, and they went down the field like you had mentioned last week last against week, uh, yeah. South Florida. They went up. They threw some 50-50 balls. And that's what you want to see. When, you, when you've when got size like Isaiah Winstead and C.J. Johnson on the outside, you throw up those 50-50 balls and you let your receivers go up and make plays. And uh, we didn't see a whole lot of that tonight. But, I, you know, as far as the play calling and spreading the football around, watching the game, and I'd have to look at the stats and how it was spread around to the receivers but I didn't it didn't have a problem with that it seemed like they were spreading the ball around uh they just weren't making big plays uh in in clutch situations and they just couldn't get into a consistent rhythm last week we had one-on-one matchups seemingly every throw Holton made this week how many times did he throw it to Winstead or Jones or with a guy draped all over him and a lot of times two or three guys on him and I guess credit to Tulane but also, if you're Donnie Kirkpatrick, Holden Aylers, you got to figure out uh, why there are three guys on one receiver. Where's the the one-on-one matchup? Seemed like we just didn't have uh, any of those and find many of those tonight. All right, we go next to Zach and Dunn. Hello, Zach. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call and appreciate you guys sticking around so late. Uh, 
I mean, I had a, a few things to say, but first of all, I guess I'll start with uh, Jerry or Kerry or Terry, Barry, whatever his name was. Yeah, I understand. I completely agree that this team is a lot better than the teams that we've seen in the past, but at the same time, I think that speaks volumes to how much of uh, a, a sign it is that these coaches are not putting these players in a position to, in a position to succeed. I mean, we've got so much talent, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, week in, week out, you know, we still haven't beaten a team that we weren't supposed to beat. I mean, you could say that this is a toss-up game, but, you know, Tulane was a great team. And, and like the caller said earlier, it's not losing the Tulane. It's how we lost the Tulane. Um, also, you know, Douse, you know, he is – like you guys talked about, I heard the little feud earlier. I've been kind of tuning in, tuning out. But uh, special teams, defensive ends, and outside linebackers are his three positions that he coaches. And you could argue that all three of those facets of our game are letting us down. So how that guy has a job is beyond me. And to, for him to do so bad that he's taking the attention away from the poor calling from Donnie, I mean, that that's amazing to me. Um Donnie is just week in, week out. He can't decide what he wants to do. And I'm not going to say that it's time to pull Holton because I don't know how you guys are going to get funding for the radio with all the commercials that he's got on there. I mean, they'll probably, you know, pull all their, uh, all their sponsorship, you know, from, from commercials. If, if you bench Holton. <laughs> we're good. We're locked in it's through local, the football season. Yeah. And it's local <laughs> politics. Man. We're, we're good either way. Zach. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because those, those contracts are not contingent on playing time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's good. that's good. So, uh, last point is, you know, I, my fear is that we wait until the last three games of the season to play Mason so that we, you know, can redshirt him next year. But then he lights it up, sees how much talent he's got, and, you know, goes somewhere else. But, you know, for the people saying that Mason's not the answer and that he's not developed, he's been in the system for three years now. And I said this last year. He's been in the system for three years now. And if we can't develop a quarterback after three years, you need to look in the mirror at the coaches. And the same thing for Holton because this is his fifth year and we are still saying the same things that we said from year one. Guys, have a good night. All right. Good call, Zach. Thanks, All right, thanks for, a lot, uh, Zach. And, in. and getting to my point earlier about spreading the football around, uh, there were eight receivers that were targeted. Uh, Isaiah Winstead got the most targets at 15. Uh, Keaton Mitchell out of the backfield actually threw to him 11 times out of the backfield. Wow. CJ uh, Jones, Gunn got some catches out of the backfield. Shane Calhoun, Hatfield, and even Camaro Edmonds uh, was thrown to once. He didn't make a catch, but uh, you know they were trying to spread the ball around to their receivers, which you know we complained about a couple weeks ago. They've been doing that, just not successful at it tonight. Yeah. 317-1250. Uh, Tucker, you're up in Raleigh. Hey, Tucker. Hey, guys. I appreciate y'all taking my call. Uh, I think the last guy kind of hit on, but I think the biggest problem this team has is Holton Dollars. I mean... You know, he's really good at beating up on one or two scrub teams each year and going crazy, but we've seen year over year he's just not that guy and he just can't get it done. All right. Thanks for the call. Yep. There's Tucker and Raleigh. 317-1250 if you want to jump in. Uh, we have open lines for the first time tonight, so let's get uh, let's get a break in. First time in uh, over two hours we've had an open line. So uh, we will take a timeout. Get in while you can. About to start winding down here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. And we'll be back with you with more after this.
You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, NC State is on the board. Uh, if they kick a 39-yard field goal, so they have now taken a three-nothing lead over Florida State in the first quarter. In other scores, Washington State now has a 14-10 lead over the fighting Lincoln Rileys in the uh, second uh, quarter. South Carolina and Kentucky are tied at seven in the second. It is Kansas State seven, Iowa State six, and Clemson and Boston College still uh, knotted up at three apiece in the second quarter. Notre Dame has extended their lead over BYU now. 12-6 is that score in the second quarter, and Wake Forest still holds on to that 14-0 lead over Army with about three and a half minutes to go in the first half. And in the uh, National League wild card, the Mets and the Padres are tied at one apiece in the bottom of the third inning. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They are open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night along with football. You can follow The Buck on Facebook and Instagram for an updated schedule. And we'll see you at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's your host, Clip Brown. All right, we got a moron in the YouTube chat alert. Moron in the YouTube chat alert. Oh, boy. And I'm going to do the same thing now that I did yesterday on Pirate Radio Live. Call in right now, 317-1250. To those moron that keeps spamming this stuff, and we will we'll put you ahead of Charlie because Charlie is a normal, decent human being that will understand. So call in now, 317-1250. We'll get you right on, and you can talk about all your problems, and we'll give you the acknowledgement that you need. If you don't call in, then it's over. We're done. You'll miss your moment. So call in now, 317-1250, and come on and get on the air and talk about how I suck. And the show sucks, and life sucks, and you suck, and everything sucks. Give us a call, 317-1250. You have three lines open. Your name is on the line. Call in now. Come on. While we wait, we'll go to Charlie in Pittsburgh. Hello, Charlie. <laughs> hey, Cliff. Hey, Billy. <laughs> you taking my call. I am not the uh, YouTube spammer. Um, but I'm not surprised that they have Prove it, Charlie. It could be you. <laughs> <laughs> you playing games with us, Charlie. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, whoever, whoever it is, all you got to do is call the number. They'll put you on the air. You know, that's all it takes, call the number. But um, anyway, it was a, obviously a disappointing loss tonight. Um, you know, it, uh, it certainly felt like we could have found a way to be a little more productive i didn't watch the game on tv i was listening on the radio on the road today but um yeah i mean it's frustrating i'm uh, you know i'm ready i'm ready for us to be in a spot where we are more competitive in our conference um and you know and but you know i'll give it to Tulane. i've you know just kind of by chance ended up watching a few of their games this year and uh they're they're a good team i'm, I'm not taking anything away from Tulane. um i think they're going to I think they're going to have a good rest of their season. And the truth is, we can still have a good season, too. Um, you know, as bad as it feels right now, um, you know, we we got ball games ahead of us. And, you know, we can still turn this thing around. And I think we've got the pieces, too. I mean, uh, you know, obviously our defense is doing their job. And I think we have the, I think we have the pieces on offense. Um, it's just something's, something's not clicking. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately that will be on the coaching staff to figure out. But, 
Uh, I hope the fans will stay behind this team because we've still got a chance to have a great season. I think we've got a lot of pieces that can make that happen. I hope the folks will get out to Daddy Sickles next weekend. And uh, Anyway, I'll be there. Go Pirates. Y'all have a good night. Thanks, Charlie. Good to hear from you as always, man. All right, thanks, Charlie. And it's nice to know that you're going to be out there for homecoming. I, I agree 100% with a bunch of the callers that have already called in. I hope people do show up for homecoming. Come on out. Keep coming out. You know what? I just want to see East Carolina go on the road in conference to a place that's a hostile environment. I'm tired of these places going to Tulane and and South Florida and Central Florida and wherever and having 5,000 fans show up. It's just, when is this conference going to finally say, okay, let's, let's get behind football the fans and show up man and that's just well it's not gonna be like uh when we bring in fau i know it's not gonna get any better north texas no it's not i don't think they've got Mm -mm. huge fan bases going to football games no but that's just something i'm just ranting about um just you know i'm I'm just ready for i'm just ready for people to start acting like they like football like like east carolina fans do yeah that's the thing is you don't think there's any you think there are any shows like this in tulane or at south florida that they have people that call in and that are actually passionate and going to call in and get mad and say i want this person fired i want that person fired i want this person replaced you know we should be grateful that we have fans that even care about football look around this this conference look at the game today nobody in the stands look at last week uh, you know that's just me getting that's why we're there. getting a lot of uh, upset people tonight because they do care so yeah. much about yep. east carolina football and want to see it uh succeed all right 317-1250 we go to terry in georgia hey terry well actually i'm in wilmington now but uh yeah i'm from georgia uh yeah willie fritz their head coach i think he's the best coach in the conference right now and uh you know he's built a program there he's been there a long time he coached at army at one time so he knows how to how to work within a system where you you, you can't just recruit anybody but you look at their players they're they're usually uh you know older they have uh good good depth uh at this point and uh you know, you look at the whole thing, we lost two games by, you know, basically two two plays. Uh, today, no, we weren't that close, but at the same time, don't turn the ball over. And if we finish off drives, because uh, we kept getting it over the 50-yard line, we just couldn't, couldn't uh, you know, manufacture any points. But, uh, but, you know, it's not as bad as it seems, but uh, I know it's, if we were getting beat by eight touchdowns, it wouldn't hurt. But but when you start losing close games, that's that's when it hurts. Because yeah, there's always one or two or three or four plays that if you if they go different, it's a whole different outcome. So uh, coaches go from genius to uh, idiot, you know, just on two or three plays. But uh, anyway, and I also like to say, you know, we played pretty good football back in in 1970s. So uh, I know that's a long time for most of you, but uh, we're we're pretty good back then. So anyway, go Pirates, man. All right, Terry. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, Terry. As a matter of fact, Pirates were good in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, All right, uh, we got a couple of callers lined up, including Scott in Greenville. Hello, Scott. Yes, sir. Um, Man, I'm a little torn because – you hear all this negativity and all these people are fire, you know, fire the coach, fire the coach, fire the coach. But, uh, I mean, if you look at where we were four or five years ago, I mean, nobody's blowing us out anymore. Okay. We're late years of where we were four or five years ago. Right. So nobody's blowing us out. 
and realistically, we're two plays away from being five and one right now. We should have won the first two losses. Should have won, and then today we could have won. Right? Take away the turnovers, the uh, the penalties. We win this game. So I mean, we've come a long way. The program's heading in the right direction. People are freaking out, but there are two valid points that I think need to be addressed. And I hate to say it. I'm not trying to harp on anyone or talk negative about any player or anything, but I mean, there's our coaches, but um, I mean, I definitely think next year we need to look at maybe hiring a new offensive coordinator. I've been saying it for years and years and years and years. Maybe bring back somebody like, uh, you know, Shane Carden or uh, Marcus Crandall or somebody that's coaching now, pay them, show them the money, give them the money, somebody that can, you know, run our offense the way it was ran in our glory days and that knows the offense. B, and I hate to say it, I'm not trying to, you know, harp on it, but I never, ever, you know, would say anything negatively or anything, but we need to address the kicking situation, the special team situation. It's now an issue. It's an impair. You know, it's obvious. So my point is, like, I see both sides. There's tons of negativity, but, like, come on, man. Like, we're light years ahead of where we were four or five years ago. No comparison. You know, our program is way different, way better, way stronger. I just think there's a few things we need to adjust. Offensive coordinator, special teams, kicking game. And, and like I said, we're, we're two plays away from being five and one. And today we beat ourselves. Like, honestly, we beat ourselves today. And I love Holton. Huge Holton fan. You know, you can't put it all on the kicker. I mean, if you look at a couple of our losses this year, take away those interceptions late in the game, it's a different outcome. So, I mean, it's not, you can't put it all on one player. You know, it's, it's just, it's just uh, so frustrating to watch this happen because we're definitely better, much better than a three and three team for sure. And uh, it's just, you know, diehard ECU fam, bleed purple and gold, ECU alumni. I've been here 30 years, and uh, it just pains me to see people, you know, talk so negatively about the program, the coaches and everything. I mean, come on, man. We're way better than we were under Montgomery. I mean, we were getting our asses kicked under Montgomery. Blown out. We weren't even close, so, you know, yes, it's frustrating, but we're definitely way better program than we were three, four, five, six years ago. So, I don't know. That's about it. All right, Scott. Thanks for the call. 317-1250. Scott says uh, reasons for – and that's just so tough to think about after a loss like today because you had a lot of eggs in this basket for this game. This was uh, – yeah. This was a peer. This is a game where you're you're not favored in the game, but you're not huge underdogs. This is like an equal. And where do we stack up with Tulane? Well, we uh, we're a loser against Tulane today, and uh, lost by 15 points. So it doesn't feel good. But he's not wrong. We certainly are light years from where we were. Doesn't ease the pain of today's loss, but that is true. All right, we go next to Owen in Tampa. Hello, Owen. Clip. Aren't you tired of all this? I'm, yes. This is ridiculous, man. You mean life? <laughs> uh, I'm tired of watching you rub your face all the time. It's like, 
it, it, this is ridiculous. I mean, we just keep losing. It's like, okay, so we're we're not losing by 40 like we were, but when you look at the record books, an L is an L, dude. We still lost the game. And somebody a while back made a decent point. We have not played a team this year that we shouldn't have beat. I mean, I'm not saying we're world beaters or anything, but nobody has really just put it to us. So we're, But we still continue to lose these games. You know, and I'm tired of it. We, we're supposed to have all this talent, have all these people coming back, but yet we can't beat anybody other than USF. I mean, so what? We beat USF. Who cares? We beat Old Dominion. We beat Campbell. I mean, who cares? We can't beat anybody with a pulse. And Paige has mentioned it a million times when he called in. Mike Houston cannot beat a team with a pulse. He just can't do it. I mean, I don't like the guy. I've said it for years. But as long as you win games, you know, my opinion is irrelevant. But you're not winning games. You know, I'm tired of watching Holton throw into double and triple coverage and all that stuff. I mean, I hate to say it, dude, but I'll be glad when that kid's gone. I want somebody else in there. And I don't even know if the kid that we need is even on the roster right now. So, I mean, what are we going to do? We have talented guys. Keaton Mitchell's the best running back in the league. You know, CJ, for all his issues, is incredibly talented. The Winstead kid is talented. You know, our defense looks good. Where, where, where's the problem? Is it, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's Donnie or Mike or, or, or what have you. But what I do know is you cannot have a 10th-year starting quarterback out there throwing passes like that in games that we should be winning. You know, and I'd love to make a joke about the poor kid or whatever, but I'm, just, I'm mad, dude. This is ridiculous. I mean, I wish I had the energy to yell, but Mike Houston sucked it out of me. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad. Why are we losing games that we should be winning? And nobody seems to care because all anybody seems to care about is at least it's not Scotty Montgomery. Well, I wouldn't say nobody seems to care. We're oh, we're all in that like hour number three here. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. There were people calling and going, "Oh, well, you know, we're better than we used to be. Yeah, we're still losing." Yeah, that's, that's true. And and as far <laughs> and as far as the blame game goes, look, it starts at the top. The head coach is is the ultimate. I mean, and if you're gonna if you're gonna blame anybody, you got it. You got to start at the top. That's just the way it goes, uh, and work your way down. Everybody, I'll blame Mike Houston all the way down to the forty year old punter we got. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if you were listening earlier, Owen, but now Mike Houston, two of his wins so far have come against teams with winning record that went on to have winning records. So I get that point. We got to start beating these teams that are actually, as you would say, have a pulse. Yeah, I mean, and listen, Tulane. They're they're good, but they're not great. Yeah. We could have beat them if we if we did anything on offense. Uh, would have beat them had you not made mistakes uh, with penalties and turned the football over. I yeah. firmly believe that. Yeah, we should have won that game. We have not played a single game that I think we should have lost this year. Like I said, I don't think we're world beaters, but I don't think we've been outclassed by anybody. You know, where we were just we just got completely dominated. Let, let me put it to you this way: We have not been out talented by anybody this year, and that has not always been the case over the last few years, especially before Mike Houston got here. As far as talent goes on the field and looking at those guys, and we have not been out talented. We have beaten ourselves this year and may have been out coached a few times, but not out talented. Yeah, and that which makes it even more frustrating when we lose these games. Owen, good to hear from you, man. Even in these dark times. <laughs> Even in the dark times. Yeah. Brother, I'll talk to you later. Later, bud. There's Owen in Tampa, always passionate about the Pirates. All right, 317-1250. Let's get a break in, and then we'll get to Bobby and Jeff. So you guys hang on. 
Promise we'll get to you right when we got back. Uh, get back on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Collins Show. Thanks for having long calls that segment so I could eat this fried chicken. Mm. And Billy, you found uh, po- potentially a new favorite. I found a gold nugget. Some honey boneless honey barbecue boneless wings from, from Parker's. Excellent, excellent. Parker'sBBQ.com. Another another excellent choice. Three locations in Greenville to serve you, and we've already said, uh, hey, if we're uh, splitting up food to take home, he's got dibs. I got dibs on, on the boneless wings. Bonus wings. All right, you got them. Three one seven twelve fifty. Back with more. Uh oh, Chandler's pissed. Uh oh, Ch- I'll be damned. <laughs> I'll be damned. I fight you for them wings, boy. Jeff, Bobby, we're coming to you next. <laughs> You're listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, Florida State has scored a touchdown, so they now lead NC State 7-3 with about 11 and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. USC trailing Washington State 14-10 in the second quarter. It is halftime. In Lexington and South Carolina and Kentucky are tied at seven. Kansas State has gone into the locker room at halftime with a seven to six lead over Iowa State. Clemson and Boston College still stuck at three apiece with four and a half minutes to go in the first half. Notre Dame scored 15 points in the second quarter. They now lead 16th ranked BYU 18-6 at the half and Wake Forest scored another touchdown so they are at the half as well. They lead it 21 to nothing over Army. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall School Board brought to you by the Buckets, your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night along with football. You can follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram for updated schedules, and we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right. A uh, couple of people on this show have been known to bucket up after a postgame. Oh, Chandler, yeah. you, uh... Who, me? You bucking Who? tonight? Who, me? You talking about me? I could be. I bucked it up last night. Oh, okay. There did you? you go. Yes, I did. All good right. band uh, They last always night. got good bands there. Oh, yeah. They, they had a good band That's last night. That's what I love about that place. They got great bands. They had a good band last night, and they've got a good one on tap tonight. Highway Miles will be at the Buck tonight, so go out there and check I them out. I don't know if I've seen them i saw they, them at three dan's a couple of weeks ago they are a very good band so go hmm. check them out tonight all right uh gary jeff hang on we go to bobby in west palm beach hey bobby hey good evening guys how you doing good hey um just you know we can talk about the kicking game we we, we really know what that is i mean i i watch that and it looks like a you know charles barkley golf swing you just kind of look at it and you're like oh my god it, it, we just look so out of sync you know whether it's the snap the hold the of the ball, uh, the kick, it just, it, we're, we're struggling there, that's obvious. And, and a lot of people are coming down on, on Donnie tonight, and I certainly understand it. Um, but the pattern seems to be, you know, the last couple of years, we have a really struggling game on offense like we had tonight, and we play great the next week, and then, like, the heat's off Donnie, see Navy, then USF uh, is one example. But one of the things that frustrates me, without calling out anybody in particular, 
But, you know, we get these plays, you know, critical parts of the game. Uh, even in the first quarter today, we had that, that uh, I think we were first and goal, got pushed back with a penalty. We got third and seven at like the 11-yard line. And we throw a pass across the middle to Ryan Jones that couldn't get that first down if we ran it 10 times. I mean, we got a guy running to the short side of the field, no blockers get taken care of him to, to get him to the first down. Um, too many times tonight, um, the quarterback, uh, maybe because he was under pressure, maybe he just wasn't seeing open receivers, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's third and ten, and we're, we're, we're throwing, it looks like our go-to play, the first the first read is, is five yards across the middle. Um, it's really frustrating when you're when you're losing the game and you got to, you know, catch up and, and, and make some hay and, and you know, we're not even throwing to the first down marker. Um, and then, you know, also we, we've got to make some changes in, in game. I think it was um, Corey Glore said it. You know, ECU moved the ball the first quarter, maybe the first part of the second quarter, and Tulane made some changes, and, and we just we looked inept passing the ball. I mean, I think Holton was, Holton was 11 of his first 12, and I don't even know what he was. He's like 50% the rest of the way. So um, I'm just hoping for a better game next week. Uh, we got to open that offense up, go deep. Um, you know, the, the announcers talk like Tulane was the 85 Bears, and they're, they're, granted, they're a great defense, don't get me wrong, or a very good defense. Um, but, you know, we never went down the field. We didn't even challenge him in the last three quarters of the game down the field from what I remember. And, uh, you know, Keaton's hurt. Uh, looks like Gunn got hurt. Uh, obviously, Rajay's hurt. Um, so hopefully we can, um, you know, pick up the pieces next week and, and find a way to get a win. And, uh, you know, conference championship, maybe that's out of the picture now. It'd be tough to, to get into a conference title game now, but still a lot to play for. And, um, you know, all I can say is uh, go Pirates, and I'll be uh, watching next week. Enjoy the show, guys. Later. All right. Thanks, Bobby, for the call. First time I've heard ECU's uh, kicking operation compared to Charles Barkley's golf swing. But not a, not a bad comparison. Terrible. Just terrible. All right. Uh, we That's go next to Jeff in Blunt's Creek. Hey, Jeff. Hello, fellas. Um, just thinking, I've been listening to everybody tonight, and I'm probably saying something that don't make a lot of sense, but I'm going to say it, and y'all can laugh. But um, best game we played this year against the toughest opponent we've had this year was NC State. Would y'all agree with that? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. All right. We have not played a game that well against lesser talent the rest of the year. We have not put a game together as good as we put against State. And that all, in my opinion, goes to when you do something more and more, you're supposed to get better at it. And if you don't, it's the coaching. And I'll hush. (laughs) All right, Jeff. Thanks for the call. Uh, short and sweet yeah 317-1250 let's go down to nola and talk to gary hello gary hello thanks for taking my call long time listener first time call welcome uh, being at the game today uh, a couple things were really obvious to me is that we were very successful running the ball in the first quarter second quarter and then it seemed like we abandoned it especially with Marlon Gunn. He was really doing good. Did he get hurt today? Because we didn't see him in the second half. That's what I've been that, reading. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like he got a little nicked up. And, and we still don't think Keaton Mitchell's 100% either. Yeah, well, we ran the ball, it seemed like, six, seven yards of carry in the first half, and then we completely abandoned the running game, or so it appeared, live in person. 
something else that was very obvious that you don't see on TV because TV cameras zoom in on the play call and line of scrimmage. Well, the, the two lane defenders were grabbing our our receivers and holding them almost every play and all throughout the field, and it really frustrated Winstead, and, um, especially number five. And you could see the frustration on their face out there on the field. Uh, I think it got in their head a little bit, so that had a lot to do with it, uh, I, I think. But another thing, um, have you ever seen a defensive holding call where they took the play and marched the playoff and then marched the penalty off after the play where they called defensive holding? That was the play where they got it in the um, in the five-yard line and then – we held them, and then they called defensive holding on them, gave them the play down to the three-yard line, and then marched half the distance. Half the distance. They put them on the half-yard line, right? Yeah, and yeah, and gave them first and goal. Yep. I've never seen that mm. before in my life. But anyway, this, those are a couple observations. Uh, one other one on the first interception that Holton threw in the end zone. Uh, 88 was wide open, and Holton waited too long to throw him the ball, and the, the defender made up the made up the, the field and came back and got it but yeah. uh, it's just too much air too yeah much. we talked about that when it was there if he let it loose earlier and also i read a lot of ryan jones was open on that play as well but man hatfield had his guy like you said uh waited too long and too much air under it yeah and getting back to what you were saying too as far as the defenders grabbing and holding on winstead and on cj johnson um that doesn't surprise me considering the fact that towards the end of the game cj got a flag thrown on him uh on that very last drive where he and the defensive back kind of got into a little scuffle and you hadn't seen that a lot from or really any from cj this year that was kind of one of the things that they had discussed and one of the things that he needed to work on is his uh his his uh attitude and play on the field and being uh so such you know so hot-headed at times uh but i i as a matter of fact i was watching it when he had the flag thrown on him late in the game I thought those should have been offsetting penalties because the defender actually pushed him in the back, and you could see it plain as day on TV, but they gave the uh, penalty to CJ. So I, I can see there's a lot of that going on in the game that uh, today, but nice to hear the perspective from in the stands uh, about all the defensive uh, pulling and tugging. Yeah, there was a lot of that, and it really got in our receiver's head, and I think that caused us some problems too. But why do you think we went away from the running game? that's that's a good question it may be injury related that's that's something i would love to hear from mike houston that's for sure yeah all right gary thanks man thank you all right good call 317-1250 uh let's hear from a former pirate a hall of famer touchdown tony collins joining us on the u.s sailor fifth quarter collins show what's up tony what's up how y'all doing man We're we're hanging in there and let me let me tell you, this is probably the the the, the worst football team we we've, we've had at ECU. And the reason I say the worst football team at ECU is because because we have the most talent offensively, defensively that we've ever had in a long time. And so, if Coach Houston does not change his offensive coordinator, we will not make a bowl game. We might not win another game. His offensive 
his, his offensive calling uh, today was horrendous, terrible. He does not. He doesn't know how to make adjustments at halftime. He doesn't know how to pick up, have his back pick up blitz. He doesn't know how to to to, to protect his quarterback. And here's the thing: if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you think you're going to change something, that's insanity. And so right now, ECU is insane. Last week, I said we had goofy calling plays. It's not goofy. We got Stevie Wonder as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive coordinator right now. Stevie Wonder can call better plays than our offensive coordinator, whoever he is. I don't even want to say his name because his name don't even need, need to be brought up. He's terrible. He sucks. Our offensive coordinator sucks. If it if it doesn't change, we will not win another game. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I can go, I can go to the to ECU right now and call better plays than our offensive coordinator, and I don't even know the system. It's hilarious. It's it's incredible where we are right now as far as the talent that we have on offense and the points that we're putting up on the board. If Coach Houston doesn't do anything, Coach Houston needs to go. And that's all I got to say. All right. And, Tony, I, I tell you what, if, like you said, East Carolina doesn't win another game this year or they don't go to a bowl game, I can imagine there will be some sort of change to be made. Or, or I, I think it, it, you put yourself in a situation where a change somewhere has to be made. Because like you said, and I said it earlier, East Carolina today I don't think was out-talented, and they haven't been out-talented this year. So what's that tell you? It's incredible, man. I, I, it's, it's, I don't know. Can, can you retire from being a fan? Is that possible? <laughs> you can. But, hey, look, look. You can retire like Michael Jordan and retire and go play baseball for a little while and then come back. Well, they might. That? Maybe, that's, maybe that's what I need to do. I need to retire from the football team and go watch the baseball Go watch baseball instead of football. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be yanked out of the Hall of Fame for retiring as a fan, Tony. So just be, become a baseball you fan. You might have to change your number, though, from 23 to 45 when you come back. <laughs> yeah. You can come back, Tony Collins 2.0. <laughs> Tony, uh, we'll talk to you uh, Thursday on the show, man. It's incredible, man. It's, All right. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Tony's passionate about his Pirates, and uh, he comes on every week, but uh, tonight, couldn't wait till Thursday. So, had to get his thoughts out there. All right, 317-1250. Frank is up next in Calabash. Hello, Frank. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. I really appreciate having the opportunity to vent a little bit. Uh, 1978 alum. I was at East Carolina during the Pat Dye years, and it's so hard to make a difference between reality and uh, shattered expectations. I mean, there was a year when we went 4-0 against the ACC, and we went into this season with all these great expectations. Um, like Tony said, we've got so much talent, and we just can't beat anybody this year. Uh, we, played, you know, we played Tulane last year and beat them by over three touchdowns. We played Navy in Annapolis last year, 
and we won. Uh, we played Memphis in Memphis last year, and we beat them. And if we don't beat them this Saturday, I don't see how people can say we're heading in the right direction. Uh, I mean, if you're going to compare this program to Scotty Moe's program, yeah, we're, we're heading in the right direction. But, I mean, it's really frustrating. We go in with all these great expectations. I'm a season ticket holder. I drive up for the games. I spend hotel money, restaurant money, wear the purple, wear the gold. And I'm just heartbroken. You know, um, we had a bowl game last year against Boston College, and they got sick and they couldn't play us. I understand all that stuff. But I'm scared we're not even going to get six wins this year. I look at our future schedule, and, uh, I mean, Memphis looked really good until the last couple minutes. Looked really good, especially at the end of their game. They're both coming into Greenville. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm scared, and I love what you guys do. I know you work real hard putting your program together, and I appreciate the opportunity to vent. Um, I agree with Tony that if we don't get this turned around, we're going to have to make major changes and and make heads roll. And that's all I got to say. Y'all have a great night. All right, Frank. All right, Frank. Thanks, for thanks a lot. And I, I share his sentiments as far as you know. It's um, it's concerning as far as will this team make it to a bowl game this year. Well, when he, you feel like okay, this thing definitely is heading the right direction. But when he words it that way, absolutely. If and that, you lose to the teams you beat last year, if yeah. you're not going to a bowl game this year then it's hard to say you are going in the right direction. You are literally going literally not go, You are literally <laughs> taking a step backwards. So, if, you, if you lose to Memphis on homecoming, you are literally headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. And if you don't go to a bowl game, like you just said, you literally are going backwards. Because Major last year, it would be a huge step backwards. All right, 317-1250, let's take a break. Cooper, hang on. Oh, you want to go to Cooper? All right, let's go to Cooper real quick. Cooper and Kerry. Hello, Cooper. Hey man, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. You know, um, I uh, you know, recent graduate, uh, excited, been lived in Greenville my whole life. Um, my question is, and it's just an honest question to y'all. You know, we got a we've got a stud quarterback in the waiting and Mason, and uh, it's this is nothing against Holton. I, I think Holton's played well this year. My question is, is when when do you go to Mason and do, do you sit here and you wait for him redshirt or do you let him redshirt this entire year or do you try to build off of that and um you know I I kind of want to hear y'all's thoughts because at this point with this loss today I think it's a fair question. Um, and you didn't ask last week because Holt Naylor's was the AAC Player of the Week, so I, I get why you wouldn't ask this question last week, but. I would rather have Mason play this year so when he opens up in the big house in Michigan, he's mm-hmm. got some snaps under his belt. I'd like to see him go in while the game is in doubt and have a series or two. Um, but that, but some people want to keep the red shirt on. I think in 2022 college athletics, yeah, it's nice to kind of plan out for the next three years, but everything is so year to year. Right. Is Mason Garcia going to be here his senior year in 2023, uh, five, whatever right. it is? Yep. I don't know. Uh, I, I, if I would rather see him get some meaningful snaps this year, and I don't mean start against Memphis next week. I mean, in the second quarter, give him a drive. In the second quarter against uh, UCF, give him a drive, something like that. So 
that would be my answer as far as mason i don't know what do you think Billy? what was it skip that scripted i'm trying to remember the quarterback situation a few years back when and i think it was Pingy under skip Holt. yeah where there were scripted series it was like the second drive or the second offensive series second or third offensive series they would switch up the quarterback get him in there for a series come back out that's not that's not an indictment on your quarterback that is a situation where you know what your situation is for the for the future you know who's going to be at the helm uh, in the future, you want to develop that quarterback, and instead of getting worthless snaps at the end of a blowout where you're up 25 points, and you know you got a quarterback that's coming in that's going to be your quarterback of the future, handing off the football, you want to get him some legitimate playing time in pressure situations in the middle of the game and i just don't understand why that hasn't happened because they want to redshirt him and i understand that too but like to your point that that's kind of an old school way of thinking now because because with the transfer portal just like you said you don't know if this guy's going to be here in 2025 and you might can find a better one from the portal absolutely because that changes the whole dynamic of college football and back in the day and i say back in the day which is only a few years ago you wanted to keep your red shirt you wanted the guy to learn and have that tutelage now that you're you're talking about a completely different game i agree with you 100 percent. i think we go back to that old adage where you develop your quarterback that you are gonna are you know planning on having for next year and get him legitimate snaps in good uh football situations as opposed to a blowout at the end of a game cooper what would you like to see happen uh, i'm i'm right there on the money with y'all uh i know mason and um i i truly believe that you know y'all are kind of spot on he uh I, like I said, Holton's playing well, in my opinion, for, for the entire year as a whole. And but I do, I do agree that I think, you know, it, you, you kind of got to get, you got to prep the next guy, especially um, talking about Coach Houston. You know, you, you want to believe that he's not going anywhere, and that a big part of that to me is showing that you know he's focused on next year too. And I, obviously, clearly, Mason is next year, and. Um, so I think that's a big part of it, you know, making right. sure that he's ready to go. I, I agree, Thanks, and I think that sends a message to Mason Garcia to say, hey, we believe in you. We know you're going to be our starting quarterback. We're going to, you know, we're preparing you for the future. I think that's a big confidence boost uh, for a backup quarterback who is supposedly going to be your starter for next year. And like I mentioned earlier, that's not an indictment on Holton when it's scheduled. So it's not like you're benching Holton because I don't think he deserves to be benched. But I think it's good practice to have your backup quarterback get some quality playing time all right thanks for the call cooper uh let's take a break three one all right man three one seven twelve fifty andy says we want steve logan back immediately as head coach so there you go for your bingo cards steve logan Logan. has been brought up during the post game all right three one seven twelve fifty back with more late night u.s sailor fifth quarter calling show after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, it is still seven to three, Florida State in Raleigh. Um, however, they are uh, sitting at the forty-yard line. 
and uh, they got a first and ten, so they are uh, marching down the field with about uh, two minutes and ten seconds left in the first half. Uh, Other scores going on right now. It is halftime in uh, United Airlines Field at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, and USC has retaken the lead. They now lead uh, Washington State 17-14 at the half. South Carolina leads Kentucky 13-7 in the third quarter. It is Kansas State 7, Iowa State 6 in the third. Boston College and uh, actually Clemson scored a touchdown just before halftime, so they now lead Boston College 10-3. Notre Dame scores another touchdown. They lead BYU 25-6 in the third quarter. Wake Forest running away with it in the third quarter right now. Uh, They lead Army 27-0. That's a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall school board brought to you by the Buck. And it is your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. with live music every night along with football. You can follow the Buck on Facebook and Instagram with an updated schedule. And we'll see you at the Buck. Now let's head back into the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right. Weaves Mets with a 2-1 lead, but runner on second. One man out as they play in the fifth inning. So Weave uh, watching this one as we take your calls on the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. And we have a caller on, and we have some open lines if you want to jump in, 317-1250. Carson's up in New York. Hello, Carson. How y'all doing tonight? All right. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to call in. I've been watching these games for a long time. I know, the, uh, especially on the broadcast, they did a lot of talk about the O-line today. Uh, you know, might have been a struggle today all year. You know, solid group. Uh, you know, we had some new phases in there today. Uh, foot went down. I think it was in the third, four, late third quarter. Uh, Johnson came in. I, you know, I thought he held up really well playing against an experienced front. Uh, you know, wondering what your thoughts are. Maybe we should see some of these other guys getting some reps moving forward. On the offensive line? Yeah. I, whatever works. At yeah, this point. it's just it's having the horses so far. That and that's been an issue for the last few years with East Carolina is having a consistent offensive line, guys that are uh, able to be cohesive as a unit. Um, injuries have always been a factor, um, and in this offense, you know, it's it. This offense is predicated on time for the quarterback to be able to operate, and if you don't have that uh, in the offensive line, that's going to be a problem. So. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's been one of those big question marks for for a while at ECU. Bailey Malavik uh, has not played, uh, and I know he had a, a death in the family early this year, and don't know his status right now. But uh, that has that's certainly not helped the depth of this offensive line. But Mike Houston always says that every and, and I had a clip ready to go if Daffer was brought up a lot because Mike Houston addressed it in the press conference last week about how there's always a competition there's always competition going at every position so if these young offensive linemen are ready to step up then uh yeah they'll certainly get a shot yes for sure you know i i think coach houston on all off season you know we went out to the transfer portal got some guys in in there and uh brought them in the more experienced guys you got jay red out there he's been playing well all off season and, and maybe give some of these tra- grad transfers a shot. That's what you brought him in for. You know, Ben Johnson, 7-2, came in today, played well, held his own against number zero on the other D-line. He's a big, big-time player right there. You know, maybe maybe uh, see, see what some of those older guys can do. Maybe they'll, you know, help those young guys develop for the future as well. Well, we're going to have to see some changes because 3-3, uh, three and three, not where they wanted to be at this point in the season. All right, thanks, Carson. 
Yep, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, there is Carson in New York. Billy, uh, boy, this sucked today. I was, uh, I tweet, I, I tweeted Ryan Jones has scored a touchdown in uh, five straight games, and then mm. it got wiped off. And I was going to put Brown and Wood drive of the game nominee, right? Because that was a lovely drive to get down the field and score, but it ended in a field goal. Yeah. So only that... only one touchdown drive today yeah. for East Carolina. So not many options on our Brown and Wood drive of the game. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard online. Brownandwoodauto.com. Only one touchdown drive for the Pirates today. Nine points against Tulane in this loss. And that drive uh, with Ryan Jones and the touchdown that was called off the board that ended up being a field goal, was that like 15 or 16 plays? If I remember, that was a yeah, long drive, it wasn't it? Yeah, I'll have to I, yeah, check the because I, I thought about the same. I thought the same thing early on. I was like, that was a very impressive drive, and that's that's what hurts so much, is you had such a great drive early in the game. It could have really helped set the tempo of the game, uh, and it was a great throw and a great catch by um, Holt Nailers and Ryan Jones. Uh, great connection between those two for the touchdown. Then, of course, like I said uh, earlier on, it got called back for an an eligible man downfield uh one of the offensive linemen i think he was maybe a half yard over the line of scrimmage um yeah there i think the the technical rule is you can't be three more than three yards down the field and he was barely down the field so that was a tough one uh you know that's just a mental mistake right there but if i remember it was like i have my math right 13 plays okay, took, yeah. took over uh five minutes on the clock yeah great drive just wish you would have gotten seven points out of it yeah no doubt uh ends in three and that was not good enough for today last call for your calls 317-1250 we are going to uh come back and wrap it up on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show back with you after this You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right, uh, Florida State has tacked on another touchdown, and uh, they now lead NC State fourteen to three. There's twenty-three seconds left in the first half. Uh, State has the ball on a fourth and five, so uh, we're going to. Keep an eye on that as far as what they're doing there. Other scores going on right now. Uh, BYU has scored, so they are still trailing Notre Dame 25-13 in the third quarter. Wake Forest, another touchdown. They lead Army 35-0 in the third quarter. It is Clemson 10, Boston College 3 in the third quarter. Kansas State is midway through the third. They still hanging on to that 7-6 lead over Iowa State. South Carolina has a, still has a 13-7 lead over Kentucky in the third quarter. USC and Washington State still in halftime. That scores 17-14 with the Trojans in the lead. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. It's your beacon of music in the land of the Pirates. They're open from noon until 2 a.m. 
with live music every night along with football. You can follow The Buck on Facebook and Instagram for updated schedules, and we'll see you at The Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, getting about ready to wrap it up here on a Saturday night, long day in these Pirate Radio studios, and we are back at it again next Saturday. Clipper, can I give you a stat to consider? Stat to consider. We are at exactly three hours from when we came on the air with the show, number one. Number two, we have 40 phone calls today. All right. There are your numbers on the UB stat sheet. I have another stat to consider. What? Pre-game show, there was over 100 likes on YouTube. Yeah. Post-game show, there was over 100 likes on the post-game. Well done, people. Thank you, uh, Pirate Nation, for uh, your interest. And uh, you make the show here on the fifth quarter with your calls. Chad says Holden should stop recording commercials and learn to read defenses and coverages. <laughs> Chad, you're not the first to say that, but I always love that line. Thank you for getting that one in. That'll be on the bingo card. He won't yeah. be the last. Yeah. He won't you're be the last. not the first, and you won't be the last. That'll but be you on can the be bingo next. card. I always love that one. That's my favorite line from Ric Flair. What is it? You're sir. You're not the first. You definitely won't be the last. But you can be next. Woo! That that's what uh, Clip said to all his girlfriends before he got married, wasn't it? <laughs> Hello. 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 <laughs> I mean, how many beads? Clip's did you ready eat? to go, guys. Yeah, how I'm many, done. How, how, how many? Hey, beads look! Did after you get after I saw the beads and I saw the flash, I mean. I bet Clip got some action. Now. I will be uh, no longer showing my moves on game day. Mm. It did not work did out. Did not work no, out. Didn't good. go well at Pirates all. Pirates are zero and one when I expose my breasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pirates are zero and one in the moob era. <laughs> in the moob era, and that era is officially. Remember, over. there's the there's the Scotty Mo era, and then the moob era. <laughs> so yep. which one is worse? <laughs> All right, Zach says, why is this still going? Great question. I'm getting the hell out of here. Thanks, everyone, <laughs> for tuning in. Thanks Mike to Parker's Barbecue. Oh! And we got a Mets home run. That sucks. So, yeah, it's time to Meet go. Meet the Mets. Meet the Pete Mets. Pete Alonzo Step home right run. up and greet the Mets. Parker's Barbecue, three locations in Greenville Polar to serve Bear! you. Thanks to uh, Parker's for the postgame food. Thanks it's to nice. UBE with the UBE stat sheet. You've been tuned into the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show, The Buck, providing the scores. And uh, thanks to you for tuning in, chiming in, and being along for this very long ride on this Saturday. Austin says, maybe Clip should spend less time showing his breasts and more time (laughs) focusing on the show. You're right, Austin. I'm going to take that to heart, and that's what I'm going to do this week. We'll see you next Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate and the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show see ya Woo! you have been listening to the u.s cellular fifth quarter post-game call-in show join us next time for complete post-game coverage of east carolina football exclusively on pirate radio the voice of the pirate nation